Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Lawn. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about that time, the moment some of you have been waiting for. We have Isaiah Saldivar with us. We're going to be talking about deliverance, possession, oppression, demonization, all of these different topics. It's going to be incredible. So before we get into that, I need your help real quick. Click out of the chat, click out, click down below. Give this video a quick like for that YouTube algorithm. What that does is you tell YouTube you like this video and then YouTube pushes it to the moon and it does exceptionally well. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to hold you without any further ado. The man, the myth, our guest today, Isaiah Saldivar. What What's up, up bro? man? How's it going, man? I'm stoked to be here. I like the sound man. effects, too. You like the sound effects? Intro. That's how we do it I over like here, that. man. I need to get on those, bro. Some of those explosions. <laughs> bro, I'm so uh, happy to be here with you today. I'm excited. I've been watching your content, and I said this to you a bit offline, but uh, just being challenged and revisiting topics that I've I've learned about early on in my process getting saved Um at a church that wasn't super charismatic and then transitioning to a church that was charismatic where we do pray for deliverance and all these different things. And dude, it's been super dope. And I, and I, I like your content a lot. I love how drenched in the word of God it is. I love your heart for ministry. You're, you're no rookie. Don't let the baby face fool you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this man's 10 years in, uh, preached at over 500 churches, over a million uh, miles tra- traveled, is that correct? On your uh... yeah, around that, around that, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious, man, that's, that's no years, joke. Ten years, um, man. So let's get into your story, man, because because I, sh- I heard some of it about you experiencing de- some deliverance um, in in the spiritual realm, and I wanna I wanna just jump right into that, and then I, I have a ton of questions for you. So you've been walking yeah. with the Lord for a while, you've been walking in ministry uh, for a while under, under this anointing, under this call. So so just share a bit about your your salvation experience. Yeah, so my sister basically begged me. I was uh, raised in church like many of you watching. And at 16, I decided to be an atheist, which I think it was more agnostic, but atheist just makes more sense. I just thought I was an atheist. I figured, you know, God's not real. He doesn't exist. So from 16 to 19, I didn't go to church at all. I graduated high school at 16 years old. I was graduating college at 19 and my sister bugged me. I was with a girl for four years at the time. And she's like, just go to church. I promise, you know, you'll feel God, you'll experience God. And I thought that was a joke because I was raised in a more religious church of no gifts, no Holy Spirit moving, like no miracles, none of that. I heard my parents, I think when I was young, praying tongues one time, but just growing up, moving out from the Bay, I was from San Jose, moving to Central California where I'm at now, we just didn't have that revival church. So we just went to a normal, you know, average country church. And anyways, 19, so I told my girlfriend, I said, let's just, let's just go one time. So my sister stops bugging me to go. Like, let's just get her off my back. I'm tired of hearing her six months bugging. <laughs> so dude, I remember this through salon. I walked through that church and I said, 
this will be the last time I ever step foot in a church. I mean, that was my heart at 19 and a half. <laughs> I was about to turn 20. And I walked in that church. You probably already know what the, what's going to happen there. I sat in the very back where they rope it off, a very large church. Actually, we have mutual friends that was a pastor at the time there. And I sat there, man, angry, bitter, hard-hearted, depressed, anxious, making sexual jokes about the worship leader who was the pastor's wife I didn't know. I mean, I was that far off, right? And the preacher preached and something was pulling on me, man. After the preaching, I couldn't explain it as an atheist. I literally, the way I could explain it is, and again, if people don't believe this, it's okay. We still love you. I felt something pulling on my shirt. Um, I didn't know what to do. So I just went to the altar. I basically said, I'm not praying the sinner's prayer. I've prayed it my whole life. Nothing's ever happened. I'm not doing it again. I said, God, and if you're religious, just close your ears. Let me see how many of you are in here. There's a bunch of you in here. Okay. There's about over 350. Okay. If you're religious, close your ears here. I said, God, I don't effing believe in you. And I said this at the altar <laughs> as an atheist. I said, I don't effing believe in you. I said, but and here's where the danger comes. I said, if you're real, I will give you everything. I'll lay down my life. I'll Come leave on. my job in law enforcement. I was getting hired as a police officer, which was my lifelong dream, bro. I'm talking mm -hmm. lifelong dream. I'll leave my job. I was graduating college. I'll break up with my girlfriend. I was with four years going to marry. I'll move out of state. I'll travel. Bro, I didn't know anything about God. So I thought I could just say whatever because God's not real. And mm -hmm. dude, in that moment, I feel it like now I get emotional talking about it, but an audible voice. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit filled me, speaking in tongues, inward voice. I'm telling you, as an atheist, an audible voice spoke to me. There's 400 people at the altar. An audible voice spoke to me and said, Isaiah, which by the way, if you've ever heard God say your name, everything changes in that moment. When 7 billion people, you feel like a little speck, like a nobody, like I felt. <laughs> and the voice of God said, Isaiah, I have a plan for you. I don't want 99.9% .9 of you. I want everything. I want all of you. Wow. I want your career. I want your hands. I want your feet. And so me and God started talking and I said, and I'm crying now. Mind you, I didn't cry in 10 years. So this is the mm -hmm. first time I'm crying in 10 years. I had friends pass away. Family members pass away. I was hard hearted. I was bitter. Ezekiel says he'll take your heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh. So there was a, tr there was a surgery happening at that altar. Some people say, did you go to heaven? I don't know where I went. I just know I was having a born again experience. And mm -hmm. I saw myself preaching on stages. I saw myself preaching nations. God said, I'm going to use you to preach my God to all nations. And I said, I don't have nothing to offer you. I don't know how to pray. This is what yeah. I told God. I don't have nothing to give you. I have no following. I don't know how to pray. I'm an atheist. And God said, all I want is your hands, your feet. Now I didn't know that Romans 12 says to give your body on the altar of as a, as a living sacrifice, put your body yeah. on the altar and give God a living sacrifice. So I didn't know none of these verses. I just knew God was changing me. So bro, I start crying. Now this is going to strike unbelief in people. Again, we love you still. If you don't believe this, it's okay. We don't gain anything from you believing it, but I just want to share what happened with my story literal dirt started coming out of, my, out of my eyes, bro. I'm talking about literal dirt, not physical, not spiritual, not gold dust. Dirt started coming out of my eyes. Now I'm looking down crying. There's dirt coming out of my eyes. The pastor gets on stage and says, there's a young man right now. God is taking the dirty scales off your eyes. And I'm crying, bro. Now, next thing that happens is I start speaking in tongues. Now, mind you, no one laid hands on me. I didn't know about tongues. I heard I heard my parents praying at one time when I was a kid, but I didn't have no doctrine, theology, nothing. I just knew there was a language coming out of me. I couldn't stop it. So I cover my mouth and I can't stop it from coming out. Now, mind you, my girlfriend standing next to me that I've been with for four years, this is her first time in church, y'all. Like she doesn't, mm. she doesn't, we don't go to church. <laughs> and I'm trying to stop because I don't want her to think I'm crazy and I don't want it. I don't know what's going on. So I'm speaking, I'm just having this radical encounter. I'm being born again. God says, I'm going to use you all this stuff. So long story short service gets over, bro. I'm talking about, I didn't recognize anything. Colors look different. People look different. I ended up going home and I won't make it too long here, but I spent three days of not sleeping, two weeks of not eating. God radically took me from being an atheist, um, 
went from being addicted to pornography. Every other word was the F word. You want to talk about a sailor, bro? I cussed like a sailor. And I had that Isaiah 6 moment. Like I'm a man of unclean lips, but God radically changed me that day. He radically transformed me. And I went to college the next day and I was seeing demons and angels. I just thought, well, what happened? I didn't know about like pr prophecy, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, word mm -hmm. of wisdom. I didn't know none of that. I just thought something happened. I don't know what it was. And I don't have a desire to do the sin I used to do. And I remember this, bro. The next day I stayed up all night. I'm driving to college out of like a little type R Honda Civic, four 10 inch subs. Like I thought I was all cool. I was in a metal band traveling on tour on stages, like literally leading worship for Satan at the time. And I'm driving to college, bro. And I pull over on the side of the road and I'm just bawling my eyes out, man, on the side mm. of the road. And I'm looking at the star, the sky and I'm going, and I get emotional again, I apologize, but I'm looking at the sky and I'm going, man, it's like the first time, like the blues are more blue. The greens are more green. Like everything's different now. I don't know what it is, but someone changed me. Something mm. happened to me last night. That's undisputable, undeniable. You'll never talk me out of this. And I'm crying. I get to school. I'm crying. I have to leave class. I was a straight A student. Uh, again, graduating college, started college at 16. And I get back in my, and I go home and I, I tell my parents, I don't know what happened to me. I can't eat. I can't think. I can't sleep. Mm. God is speaking to me. I'm crying all the time. I'm seeing butterflies and crying. I know it's a little embarrassing saying it, but man, I was, I think about Nicodemus and Jesus said, Nick, you got to be born again. Like this is a brand, you become a brand new person when you encounter the power and the presence and the love of God. And so three days I didn't sleep. My uncle was in ministry almost 30 years at the time. They called him. He was doing a conference in New York. They said, you got to get home. Something happened to Isaiah. No one knows what to do with him. He's prophesying <laughs> over the birds, the dogs, the cats. I mean, I just was just <laughs> lo lost my mind, bro. Like I was doing some stuff that's embarrassing, bro. Like I was like, I want to put on a potato sack and go preach. The world's ending tomorrow. You know, when you get saved, you think the world's just going to yeah. end tomorrow. So yeah. I'm working at Starbucks at the time and I'm preaching to everyone in the drive-thru getting in trouble because I'm trying to lay hands on everybody and all that. So my <laughs> uncle gets home three days Sleep. He said, first of all, you need to sleep. You're going to die. Okay. So you need to sleep. Second of yeah. all, um, what, what is God saying? You're going, you're talking for 14 hours. And if you guys think I talk fast, this is one fifth of how I used to talk. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm half -half half Italian, so I used to talk even faster. And he said, what is God saying? What is God going to do? And I said, there's going to be a revival at my home. Now, mind you, Ruslan, I had been partying, throwing big parties. Again, I was in a metal band. I was playing with the Devil's Prada. We were going to get signed by the Ari Foundation. Like I was doing stuff even in the world. Like I was on stages and tours doing a lot of stuff. God said, what's my uncle said, what is God saying? I said, God says there's going to be a revival at our home. I don't know what revival is. I don't know what, I don't know anything. I just know that, that my old friends are going to get saved. So it goes from bro, all these parties we're having, we're drinking every day, the whole thing to now all my party friends are coming to my house because God's moving and prayer broke out. Long story short with the first week, 25 people showed up to my home the next week, 50, 80, hundred within three months, bro. I had four to 500 people. It's all documented showing up to my house. My family got saved. My friends got saved. Everybody was getting delivered, saved, healed. So I was casting out demons. And this is what I like to tell people. December 31st of 2010, I was at a beer pong tournament. January 15th of 2011, if you didn't know that 16 days later, I was casting demons out of my living room. So I didn't have time for religious people to come and neuter me and to tell me God doesn't heal, God doesn't speak. Demons aren't real. I just knew I had all my old friends that we partied to drugs and drank all the time. Now they're all coming to my house, slithering around like a snake. And it's like either we the Bible's real or it's not. And I remember asking my uncle, who's in organized religion out of mega church, like when I read the Bible, like, can I do all this stuff? Is this real? And yeah. he said, absolutely, Isaiah, you can do all this. So that that's my journey, man. I have four kids. I have a six-year-old four-year-old, two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. I've been married for almost nine years. I've been traveling for 10 years. I've, again, 
flown almost a little bit over a million miles, traveled for five, over 500 churches. I pastored for almost 10 years as a senior pastor. Um, now God's transitioned us into the live streaming. I still travel. I was in Arizona last weekend. And I'm just, man, forget about the, oh, Isaiah is the demon slayer. He's this. He only talks about deliverance. That's all That's all here nor there. And if you follow me, you know I'm on my second deliverance teaching of the entire year. So I don't, I don't talk as much as people think. The whole point of it all is, man, I love Jesus. I love God. Um, I'm on fire for God. I'm more in love with God today, bro, than I've ever been. I'm passionate about his word. I'm passionate about his people. I'm passionate about the church. I'm passionate about reaching people on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Facebook, the next generation, training people to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize. And that that's my heart. I know people see me on the outside and they're like, oh, this guy, and they'll judge. My heart is to get people closer to Jesus when it comes to deliverance. Deliverance is a vehicle to get you closer to Jesus. Um, the demons keep you from getting close and, want, and knowing Jesus the way he wants you to. And so all, everything we do, Every ministry we run and all the deliverance network and the stuff you see me on TikTok and this is all to get people closer to Jesus. That's my goal. That's my, what I live for, what I burn for. I, I can honestly say, bro, the last thing I think about before bed is God. The first thing I think about, I am addicted to God. I'm obsessed with God. I'm all out full on 24 seven. It's all I talk about, all I do, all I think about. Um, I'm obsessed, man. I'm obsessed with the gospel. I'm obsessed with Jesus. And so I know I went here for, you know, 15 minutes there in my testimony, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's me, bro. A, that's Isaiah. So, so let yeah. me, let me ask you this. So you talk about the, the real encounter with God that you had. And I understand that some folks, and we don't need to get into this now, but some folks, some theological camps have, uh, 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 uh tension towards continuationists, right? Which is folks who believe that the gifts are for today, folks who believe that God can move supernaturally. You can have a supernatural life in Christ. Um, and, and we just had Dr. Brown on. We, we, we covered these topics for a while on my channel. Um, I, I, I understand that that camp exists. I understand that those folks exist. They don't believe that the gifts are the same for today, right? But why do you think there's so many people who don't believe that demons are active today? Like, why do you think there's a disconnect in, specifically in the West or North America, where where it's one thing to be like, okay, I don't think God moves and maybe in the same way, but I don't understand how anybody could read the scriptures and be like, oh yeah, and demons and the evil realms of this earth just stop being a thing, right? Like, how does that disconnect happen? Because that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Again, I understand that that perspective, though I disagree with it. But to say that there, there isn't a demonic component to what's happening in the world, that there's, you know, the prince of the air, uh, we need to have people lay hands and elders and this whole thing. Why do you think that is? And how do you think we got here today in the North American church? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, and I, I'm just telling you through experience of doing deliverance and traveling and preaching and training pastors and being in churches is the devil has to be confronted. Like the demons, they're, they hide in darkness. This is the kingdom of darkness. So the devil's not going to just manifest if you don't confront him. He's not going to just pop up at the Super Bowl. He wants you to believe he's not real. And so the church has bought into the lie that demons are rare that demons don't exist. And let me just say this, Ruslan, the people we do deliverance on are not witch doctors, are not people in trench coats on the corner selling drugs. These are average, normal judges, doctors, celebrities. I've done several deliverances on celebrities. I do deliverance on pastors, some of them high profile. These are hmm. people that are average people that are being demonized that have opened up the door to a demon that have a demon it's not so to think it's this rare thing that's what the church thinks why would you talk about it if you think it's a rare thing now the problem is and here's where people are going to get mad is 
Jesus confronted demons everywhere. In fact, Jesus's ministry, think about this, bro, starts with him confronting the devil. The Bible says the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove in Matthew 3. And immediately, here's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for a direct confrontation with the devil. Now, here's a question we have to ask. Why would the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to confront the devil. Well, this is the reason he came. First John 3, 8, the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. This is why John said Jesus came. So Jesus didn't shy away from dealing with the demonic. He didn't shy away from confronting demons and we shouldn't either. Mark 1, his ministry breaks out. He's in the synagogue, demons manifest. And the Bible says Mark 1, he went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons. And yeah. so most Christians don't realize this, bro. We are in a battle. Like when you get saved, the Bible says you get transferred from the kingdom of darkness. I always tell people you were in the devil's bank account. That was a wire transfer purchased by the blood of Jesus. You were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And right. if you don't get trained and equipped to fight, you either become a casualty of war or a prisoner of war. Um, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that Satan will not have an advantage over us, we need to be familiar with his evil schemes. So this is a Paul telling the church of Corinth, like, stop being so ignorant and not understanding the devil's schemes. If you, if you don't, now you might be a believer out there. We, again, we still love you and you're accepted. There's a seat for you at the table. And you might say, I don't believe in deliverance. I don't believe we should know about darkness. It glorifies the devil, which again, I've never done a deliverance on someone and they glorified Satan after. I've never been in a room with people where deliverance breaks out and people are like, praise Satan. Every time deliverance happens, the glory goes to Jesus. It's always glory to Jesus, honor to Jesus. But here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2, 11. If you don't know about Satan's schemes, if you don't know about like warfare, demonic realm, whatever it could be, automatically by default, Satan has an advantageous position over you because you're not familiar with the way that he works. So you need to know his tricks. Now we know Mark 16, the first sign of a believer in the New Testament is they will cast out demons. Now I know there's another camp that says Mark 16, 17 was not in the original transcripts. Many Bibles say that, right? It's not in the original. I believe it's still biblical. Some don't. So let's pretend Mark 16 doesn't exist, right? Matthew 28, Jesus tells the disciples this. Now he's looking at the disciples. He goes, you know, we know the verse, go and all the world make disciples, baptize them, all that. But this is what he says. He says, teaching them to obey everything I commanded of you. Now, what did Jesus command of them? He commanded them, cast out demons, preach the gospel, heal the sick. If you look at Matthew 10, he commanded the 12. If you look at Luke 10, he commanded the 17, 72. And then if you go to Mark 16, he enlists all believers. So again, here's the thing about deliverance I wanna make clear. It's not a gift of the spirit. Okay, first Corinthians 12, we see nine spiritual gifts. It's not one of those. It's not an office, Ephesians 4.11. You have the prophet, the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. It's not an office. It's the call to every believer. And it's not that you have to go out looking for demons and you have to go sniffing them out. Even though Jesus did say, go out and cast demons out. He didn't say, wait for them. It's that we as believers need to be trained for warfare. We need to be trained for battle. We have armor. Now, why do we need the armor of God? Because there's a battle going on. The Bible yeah. says the devil is is seeking to devour someone he's roaring he's prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone so um if you look at philip in acts 21 think about this ruslan there's only one evangelist in all of the new testament now most people don't know there's no named pastor in the bible there's not one person in the new testament that's called pastor and again we have pastors in every single church yet people might say well it's this isn't biblical but i'm like well pastors in every church are also not. There's a lot of stuff that's not in scripture. John tells us at the end of John, if everything Jesus did is in scripture, it would take up the whole world. So there's a lot of stuff that God can do that's not in scripture. And any theologian, any Greek or Hebrew grammarian would agree with that scripture, right? Like we know everything's not in the Bible. It's just, I've read the whole New Testament in one sitting three times. So it took me about eight hours. But my point of saying that is 
The New Testament is not long. You can read it in eight hours and be done. So there's a lot to God that's not in scripture. And as long as we're not violating scripture, you know, we're not, we're, we're okay. But I just, I just want to show you this. Acts 21, the only uh, evangelist in all the New Testament. Now in Acts chapter eight, Philip, which by the way, if you guys don't know, Philip has four daughters that all prophesied and praise the Lord. I got four daughters and I pray one day they'll all prophesy. But in Acts chapter eight, we see Philip's ministry. And the Bible says, he preached the gospel. So this is the only evangelist we saw in the New Testament. He preaches the gospel, but watch what it says in Acts 8. They heeded to his to his teachings. So they, that word means they responded to him, right? We know he was preaching Acts 2.38, repent, be, be, um, repent of your sins, believe in Jesus, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2.38. So they respond to his message. Now, right there, Philip, you could just stop because Christians can't be demonized. They don't need deliverance. They just get them saved and they don't need deliverance. But the Bible says they heeded and Philip cast out demons and many lame people were healed. Now, if you study the Bible, it's safe to say that's the model of biblical evangelism. It's not fill out a card, repeat the sinner's prayer, which is not even in scripture and be saved. It's preach the gospel, people heed to the gospel. And then we offer them an opportunity to get healed and to get delivered. That These, these things are not debatable. So if you look at the ministry of Jesus, the first time he got accused of being of the devil was when he cast out a demon. The first time the Bible says his fame spread was after he cast out a demon. There's no ministry the devil hates more. And so to answer your question, the devil has buried this ministry. He's hidden this ministry because he knows if believers start knowing this is real and start believing this, they're going to actually confront me. And I could say this, bro, in preaching all over this country, over 35 states, the devil is running rampant, unchallenged, unconfronted. And nobody is confronting him. And so he's doing whatever he wants. And we're arguing with ourselves, bickering with ourselves. But I believe right now God is training up an end time army, a remnant, whether you're Pentecostal, whether it's charismatic, non-denominational Baptist, cessationalist, whatever you are, it doesn't matter because there's room for you in this. And this is not deliverance ministry. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ. Um, it's also, if I could just say this, and if I'm going long, just cut me off because I got the tendency to do that. Um, I want to say this, deliverance is also in the atonement. If you look at Matthew 8, 16, it says something so interesting. Here's what it says. It says, they brought him many possessed with demons, what the Greek says, many demonized uh, or many people that had demons. Um, and this is what he says. And he cast out spirits with his words and he healed all that were sick. But watch this, Ruslan. This is why he did this. So that he would fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah saying he himself took on our infirmities and bore disease. No one ever says this. Like this is in the atoning work of the cross. So if Jesus paid for this deliverance, us to be free, then why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we talking about it? It's like yeah. you wouldn't go to Starbucks and Starbucks and pay for three lattes and walk out with two because you paid for three. So if Jesus paid for this, we need to do this. And you can't really separate the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of spiritual warfare because this is his ministry. This is his kingdom. And he tells us in Luke 11, the way you establish my kingdom is by first destroying Satan's kingdom. He says this, if I cast out a demon by the spirit of God, surely you know the kingdom has come upon you. So I tell people this all the time. Deliverance is the fingerprint of God. If you get delivered, that's God's fingerprint on you because he cast out demons by the spirit or by the finger of God. And when you go into the teaching, it goes back to the Old Testament where Pharaoh's magician said that Moses does this by the finger of God. Like he's more powerful than us. So Jesus is teaching Pharisees. They know the alert verbiage. And he says, I'm casting out demons by the spirit of God, by the finger of God. I'm not, I'm not a bells above, a kingdom divided can't stand. So we know Satan has a kingdom. Satan has strategies and God's called us. And if you go into Acts, now you might say, well, after Jesus died on the cross, we don't need deliverance. Well, Acts chapter eight, verse seven says, many people were screaming as demons left them. And so we're going to see this throughout the gospels. I tell people this, if you had the Bible 
and you sit down and read it without any religious upbringing or whatever yeah. your denomination is, and you read G, would you come up with the conclusion at the end of the New Testament if you just read it that demons aren't real today? Well, I mean, would you yeah. find there's a lot of guys that are like Christians can't have demons or demons aren't real today, and I always am like, okay, so just give me one verse that can. Is there one verse or how about this? If you get uh, if demon Christians can't have demons, when did your demons leave? Or how about this? Where's one verse that says once you get saved, all your demons leave you? There, there's none. There's none that say they can't have demons. There's none they say the demons leave automatically. There's none that you know these are not in the Bible. So we have we have biblical evidence that Jesus did this. And if we're disciples, again, not just Christians, but disciples of Jesus Christ then we should at least, and here's the thing, bro, at least know how to approach it. Now, again, you don't have to go out. It's not It's not like, well, you might be in the chat saying, well, if I don't cast out demons, am I saved? You're absolutely still saved. We know that you could be saved, not speak in tongues, not cast out demons, not do none of this, and still be saved. This is not a salvation issue. This is an issue of, do I want to go to that next level with God? And do I want to go from being on the sidelines to the front lines? And I know this, deliverance is criticized most by those that do it the least. Um, mm. the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats, bro. So mm. I have people that criticize and I'm <laughs> like, bro, bar. like you're up on the stands criticizing yeah. me. I'm on the field. I was in Arizona last week and 1300 people came and we did deliverance for three hours. And you know, we did hundreds of people got set free from demons that were all proclaiming Christians. Many of them who yeah. spoke in tongues, many of them believe. And I, I, the same, I got full of the Holy spirit changed radically. And then a couple days later was getting the most and l- listen, to what I'm going to say, chap the most perverted thoughts you can dream of. I won't say what I was thinking because you'll get you'll get your channel flagged. So I won't say it. So I knew this isn't the flesh. This isn't me. These are so perverted, so twisted that this could only be a demon. So the devil will overplay his hand. I was trying to share my faith and I felt like growling. I'm like, why do I want to growl? So anyways, I ended up having my little sister cast 10 demons out of me. I had, I had demons. Even after being saved, after every desire changed, I had this thing in me that wanted to leave. And it was because of my past life, because of the pornography. I was sleeping around. I was doing everything you think of, right? Um, those demons came from my past. So most Christians that have demons, it's not from when they, after they got saved, it's usually from their past, something they didn't deal with. And again, I, bro, I'm telling you, I've gone into mega churches. I went into one mega church and I did deliverance for 30 hours and two days on all of their pastors. And I made the senior pastor sit with me because I told him, if you don't sit with me in these sessions, you won't believe me this is real. And he sat with me watching all of his on-staff mega church pastors get demons cast out of them. So and again, I could go on to worship leaders. I've, I've done this with celebrities. Um, we just recently did deliverance on a girl who has 10 million subscribers on YouTube. Very, very big. Everyone on YouTube would know her and we're pastoring her and she'll be coming out soon posting some of that. But it's just God is moving, man. People are hungry. We made a TikTok and within seven days had 200,000 followers, 25 million views and deliverance, man. The deliverance is going viral. This is this is Jesus going viral, man. It's something yeah. God is doing. He's raising up an army right now. So, so I, I love that. So let me, so it sounds like your answer is we don't, we don't engage more actively in it because yeah. we're ignorant of it. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, like yeah, we're ignorant. Absolutely. It's messy. Maybe it doesn't fit our denominational slant. Maybe it doesn't fit the big box church model where you need, you know, 25 minutes of worship, 25 minutes of sermon, and then you're out in 70 minutes, 60 minutes. It doesn't fit that model. And it gets messy when deliverance happens, when the spirit moves, these types of things. So I, I, I get that. Um, in, in my case, I'll tell you a backstory of me. I remember being in high school, and I come from a degree of, uh, you know, sexual trauma as a child. I come from my mom and my dad getting divorced, both 
committing adultery on uh, on each other back when we were in the former Soviet Union. We come out here six months later. My mom and my dad split uh, because oh. I find these letters that she wrote to her ex boyfriend back in the Soviet wow. Union. And there was these kisses. And as a six year old, I found them. I thought they were to my dad. I showed them to my dad. My dad is like, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. He leaves. We're poor on welfare. Uh, that lead, leads to me being assaulted uh, sexually by uh, kids that were, I was serving on the ultra team with. So you don't got to convince me that there's evil in the world, Isaiah. I, I yeah. understand it. I get it. And, uh, and, and, there, and there even being a degree where it, 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 in my eight, 18, 19 years old, I remember sitting down with our worship pastor at the time. And again, we were we were fairly charismatic church. We weren't this this wasn't something that happened regularly, but there was definitely the spirit moving. There was definitely people that were getting prayed for, demons that were getting cast out, that sort of thing. Not not something that happened all the time. And I remember sitting here and telling him and saying, Hey, like, I feel like I have this sexual thing that that seems to be uh latched on to me, right? Mm. And him telling me, um, him, him kind of, and we can get into the definitions and uh, possessed versus oppressed. And my question to him was like, do you, do you think it's possible that I was possessed? And, uh, and he was like, uh, well, he gave me like the kind of generic, like, well, you're probably oppressed, but I don't know if you could be possessed, right? And that whole thing. And, and we, we talked a bit about it. I watched one of your videos and how both of those words are technically wrong, right? It's not possessed yeah. or uh, obsessed, uh, I mean, possessed or oppressed. The The actual word in the original language is uh, demonized, right? That, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that there was a degree of demonization that was happening. Um, maybe through whatever that was passed around, uh, maybe through the, 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 the kids that molested me, something was happening. And But yet also in hindsight, Isaiah, I would say that, I was also a horny 17-year-old, you know, like yeah. addicted to yeah. porn with sexual trauma in my life. Uh, I definitely think the 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 assault that happened, there was a dark demonic component to that. And I don't I don't really know how it all played out. So what I will say is that when the addiction broke off, and I went for prayer and I went for deliverance and I went for all, all of these things, and there was never a moment like what I saw happen on your YouTube channel, right? Like the stuff that this is me on the other yeah. side of being filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues, the whole bit. Um, there was there was never a, a moment where because I look at your Instagram and I'm like, holy smokes, like this stuff is yeah, real, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So that that never happened for me. However, um, what happened for me was over time. As I grew, as I became more sanctified, as I pressed into the Lord, um, and now I'm on the other side of this 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 demon, you know, whatever this thing was, this addiction to pornography, this addiction to lust. Now I'm delivered on the other side of it, but it, it didn't come as a byproduct of a, a moment happening. It came as a byproduct of me pressing into Jesus, me changing my habits, me waking up earlier, me not being up late at night, doing nothing, me cutting certain people off or setting limits with certain people, uh, me changing the way I eat, changing the way I sleep, exercising more, right? Like it was a holistic transformation. So I guess my first question to you is, does deliverance happen instantly? Like in my case, I asked for deliverance and maybe it just took a while. Maybe it just took a decade, right? And yeah. or was there a, a, a component of this where God used more natural means, more you know, holistic approach to me changing my routine, my habits? And now it's I could genuinely tell you, Isaiah, that there was no moment that happened, but there, this is not a stronghold, and it hasn't been a stronghold. And the yeah. idea to even look at porn or to even like go there is just so 
outside of the realm of anything that I have any desire to do. And it's, it hasn't always been that way as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. And and I was a, hearing from God, operating, preaching, but dealing with this thing. And as you know, how many pastors are dealing with pornography? How many pastors are oh, dealing yeah. with mental health issues, suicidal thoughts, all these different things? It's a tough profession to be in. Um, so wh- like, how do you well, how do you make sense of all that, right? Because I think yeah, so, there's one yeah, component. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really, really good. So I tell people this, if you want freedom, make your body a place demons don't want to be, right? We know, okay, so if we look at scripture, like let's, because I know there's people in the chat, there's about almost 700 people watching. I know there's a lot of people that are new to deliverance ministry. If you just look at scripture, there's no scripture in the New Testament that Jesus cast demons off of people. So this idea that a demon could be clinging on to you is not a scriptural idea. They live in you. Spirits have to have a place to live. Jesus says this, when a demon leaves, it goes in looking for refuge, finds none and says this. This is what Jesus said the demon says. It says, I will go back to my home. So demons call us their home. These are spirits that need a body to live in. They crave a body, okay? So we know demons live in us. When when it comes to a story like this, I tell people, if you make your body a place demons don't want to live, like you turn off the AC, you turn off the water, if you're hearing what I'm saying here in the chat, if you turn off the Wi-Fi for them, if you start praying, fasting, renewing your mind, stuff you did, right? You're seeking God, you're in church, you're at the... These demons don't want to be there. And there's times where the demons will leave you, where they'll leave you. It's not even just command them to come out. They'll leave you because they don't want to be there. You're making them uncomfortable by your lifestyle. Ruslan, I can't tell you how many demons I've dealt with that said, I don't even want to be here. Like, I don't want to be in this person. They're at prayer. They're fasting. They're reading. Their mind's being renewed. They're serving God. They're living holy. Because you can live holy and have demons. I mean, you can live and have these temptations and never give in to them. It's just God doesn't desire that for people. Now, so the other side of it is a lot of people that do that, that overcome demons without getting deliverance, um, no one's ever prayed a deliverance prayer where they confronted the spirits. They called the spirits out like Jesus did. He commanded them to leave. If you you look at Mark 5, where Jesus cast the demons out of the man at the tombs, the Bible says Jesus had been commanding the demon to leave. The demon didn't leave. And then Jesus said, what is your name? So this was a very stubborn demon. We could go into like, was it 2000 demons, 5,000? It doesn't really matter. What matters is it was a stubborn demon. So some demons are very stubborn depending on um, what type of demon it is, what ranking. Jesus said some demons are more wicked than others. So we mm. know that some demons are worse than others. Ephesians 6, we, t- we see the ranks of principalities, powers, rules of darkness, and all the different rankings and, and all that type of stuff that we always talk about. The whole thing is, yes, that can happen. Um, n- the other thing I want to say, Ruslan, God can do whatever he wants. I tell people this all the time. Everything I teach is subject to God can do whatever he wants. So these are, these are all, these are not just, this is how it always is. These are just, this is the common way we see it happen, but God can deliver you in a dream. I know people have gotten literally they're laying in bed at night. And these are people that would never go for deliverance prayer. They've never let me lay hands on them. And they're in the bed at bed at night. And their wife says they woke up screaming on the top of their lungs and they woke up the next day and they've, they're completely different. The thoughts, the desires, the pulling, the, all the stuff is gone. So God can deliver in your dreams. God can deliver in your sleep through prayer, through fasting. But here's what I want to, what I want to mention. God can do all that. That's the exception and not the rule. The rule is according to the new Testament. We cast demons out of each other. And when it comes to self-deliverance, people say, can I cast demons out of myself? You can, but it's not the model of scripture. So you can do it, but the model is go out and cast demons out of each other. That's what Jesus gave us power to do. The 72 came back and said, even the demons obey us. And then Jesus said, don't be excited about that. Be excited that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I saw Satan fall like lightning. You know what I mean? Satan's defeated. He's powerless. You have authority over him. So yeah, I've seen that happen. I deal with pastors all the time, bro. Um, some of them, again, high profile would never disclose their names that are like, I hear voices. I have thoughts of 
I've had two pastors that are friends of mine take their own life that were very famous, well-known, best-selling New York best-time sellers. These were people I knew personally that took their life. No one saw it coming. No one understood it. One of them, I went back and forth with him one day because he was dealing with some of this stuff. And I said, bro, God can free you. And he could not, and again, I would never say his name, but he could not wrap his head around the fact that Christians could have demons. Yet, yet, he's having thoughts that yeah, he yeah. needs to take his own life and he's a best-selling so, and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, we, I think we, we've that seen the thing this is, in it. We've seen yeah, this in yeah. the church. So my so yeah. my question, my next question would then be like, what of this is the flesh, right? Because we do live in a fallen world. Yeah. Uh, we are dealing with the sin of Adam, whether whether you're a total depravity, utter depravity, just original sin framework uh, that, that, that we have in terms of theology. Uh, what Which of this is, hey, this is a byproduct of the sinful state that the world is in because of Adam versus the these are spiritual attacks. How do we just and we're gonna get on Christians yeah. and demons in a yeah, second? Yeah, we'll talk guys, about. I know I'm people sure. in the chat yeah. are like, show me one yeah. verse. Well, we'll get to you. Don't worry, we're yeah. ready. So, um, so, so, so yeah, yeah how really do we know good the difference the between something demons. Yeah. So let me give you a couple basic ones, right? We want we don't want to go into like a deep hour long teaching on this. A couple basic ones. Number one, the flesh doesn't talk. So what I deal with all the time with people, and again, we had 1,300 people this last weekend that we had come out. We prayed for many of these people. Um, What I always hear people say is, I'm hearing a voice that's speaking in third person saying, you're not worthy. You're not saved. God doesn't love you. Um, You're always going to be this way. You're ugly. They're hearing a voice tell them that. In fact, well, probably the most famous pastor in America just preached a message recently saying, you know, yeah, who hears voices. You went to a counselor, all this stuff. And the counselor said, you know, what are the voices saying? So we've normalized hearing voices. And again, I want to emphasize, it's not normal to hear voices in the third person, right? <laughs> so the flesh doesn't talk. There's nowhere in the Bible that says the flesh is going to talk to you or yeah. it's going to tell you things. Demons do talk. Now, demons can only talk to you if they're in you. They can't. Now, there's a component where if they're on the outside and familiar spirits, I don't want to get into all that. There could be a time where you can hear a demon speak. But for the most part, Demons that are in you are able to talk to you. So that's number one. If you're hearing voices, that is not the flesh. That's a demon. Number two, demons. And again, I'm trying to, these are all spiritual things, guys. We're trying to explain with normal words. So some of this stuff is complex and hard to explain. Demons drag you away. And this is what I mean by this, Ruslan. Okay. You're watching pornography. And you get done and you're like, I don't want to do this. I hate this. I never want to do it. Many of you guys and girls have been there. And then you're sitting there eating breakfast and you have this overwhelming, like something in you is making you do this and it's drawing you to do it. That's not the flesh. The flesh will tempt, but the flesh doesn't drag you away. Demons tempt you. Now, if you might say, well, where's that in the Bible? What did Satan do? He came and tempted Jesus. The prince of demons, this is what Jesus calls him tempted Jesus. So this is one of his number one strategies. Demons tempt you. And when I say tempt, I don't mean like, I just feel like watching this. I'm talking about, there's something in you saying you have to do this and you, you have an overwhelming. Now I deal with people again. I want to be careful because I don't want you to get demonetized that deal with a whole bunch of things, right? Uh, every, you could imagine all the stuff that we deal with, right? Of cutting and this and that and everything like that. And they tell me this, I don't even want to do it. And now demons can't make you do it, but they can give you overwhelming desires to do it. Right. And then you eventually get tired and you give in. So that's a demon. That's not the flesh. Another thing I'll say is iniquity, which is perverted sin. Demons give you perverted desires. The flesh doesn't inherently. If you see a girl jogging and you're male, your flesh is going to want to look at that girl, right? Again, the sin of Adam, all the stuff you just talked about a demon is going to give you a perverted version of that. So 
again, same sex, all that type of stuff. These are all perversions. Fornication is a perversion of sex in marriage. If you guys know what perversion is, it means the wrong version. So sex in marriage is the right version. Sex out of marriage is perversion. It's the wrong version of sex. So demons will usually pervert things. Um, These are a couple ways, dominating thoughts. Let me give you one more example here. Our major symptom, and we have a list of like 60 on my channel here, but dominating thoughts are a major one. And let me just explain this. This is like, this is how Ruslan, I knew I had a demon. If you're eating breakfast, okay, and you're eating cereal and you're getting thoughts, whatever they could be, whatever spirit you're dealing with of whether it be lust, whether it be wanting to cut yourself, take your life, whatever, and you can't get rid of the thought, it's dominating you. Remember Ephesians 6 says these are rulers of darkness. So they're they're dominators, the Greek says, they dominate you. And you can't get rid of the thought and you're wrestling it and it's like, it won't go away. That's not the flesh, that's a demon. So these are different ways. Basically a demon is like an over- um, arching, more powerful, I guess not version of the flesh, but it's, it brings along these things. Now the flesh we battle, right? We're in a war with the flesh. We crucify our flesh. The Bible says one thing I've always said, I don't know if I started or somewhere started, I've been saying this for years is you can't cast out the flesh and you can't crucify a demon. So if it's the flesh, we don't need to yeah. deliver you. Dr. You Brown need to start praying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to start praying. You need to eat, you need to eat right. You need to wake yeah. up early. You need to stop yeah. staying up till midnight on your laptop. That's yeah. the flesh, right? There's a battle. You need to renew your mind. I believe in all that. I'm not one of these like hyper charismatic Pentecostals. Everything's a demon. No. Um, if it's a demon, you can do everything you want and it's still going to be there. You can get counseling. Now, Jesus didn't counsel demons out. Jesus didn't medicate demons. Jesus casted them out. So if we want to look at the Bible, the, our commandment is to cast them out of people, not off of people, Ruslan. Now, that's another thing I want to say. He didn't cast demons off of people, cast the demons out of people. So if we're true to the text of the New Testament, this is the model of Jesus. And if I teach deliverance, bro, I teach the model of Jesus. Like I have seven hours of just teaching on what Jesus did when he cast out demons. So I teach that's the model of deliverance. What did Jesus do? How did he deal with it? So maybe you might believe demons could go on top of people. I just don't see that in the New Testament. And that might be true. I just don't see it in the New Testament. As a preacher of the word, I have to be, and again, I do have a degree in theology for all of you uh, Pharisees in the chat that think I'm just, I ramble on and I don't know my word. I do. I did go four years and have a theology degree. Again, and then this and that, I'm not trying to prove myself. I just want to show you. I'm, I'm, I'm into theology, man. I could, I know, I know the text. I know the scripture. I've studied the Greek, all this stuff. And so if we're going to stay true to the text, it's Jesus cast demons out of people. And that's, that's what we're called to do. So, so I want to, I want to get into that in a second, but do you think yeah. sometimes, and this has been my experience with yeah. some people, not all people, I'm trying not to use generalities. Um, do you think though that you said, uh, and I also heard Dr. Brown said, you said you can't, uh, you can't crucify a demon. You can't cast yeah. out the flesh, right? Do you think that sometimes deliverance ministry going to the altar repeatedly can be a shortcut for actually somebody crucifying their flesh. Hey, you have these issues in your life. You're staying up all hours of the night. Your eating is terrible. You're not sleeping enough. You're not taking care of your body. You're drinking too much soda. You're consuming too much sugar. You're um, you're hyper emotional because you, your, your adrenal glands are all over the place, right? We're talking about the flesh and this person consistently and repeatedly going to the altar week after week after week after week after week after. This was me as a teenager, week yeah, after week yeah. after week, raising my hand week after week after week and, and almost looking for a short cut to the process of sanctification and cooperating with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Like respect to everybody in this chat. If you guys got delivered one time, maybe they went and heard you speak, heard, heard, uh, pastor Alex, who's in a chat speak and it, and it happened instantly. 
my, my concern is from my experience, this is just totally my experience, is seldom do I see a desire for discipline. Seldom do I see an attachment to let me press in and actually change the trajectory of my life with the help of the Spirit alongside helping me become the type of person yeah. that Jesus called me to be. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, is deliverance just like, well, let me just pray, get, get, get prayer for it. And by, again, I, I'm with you, man. Like, I've rebuked yeah. spirits, and I and I could share some of that in a second. Um, but can it almost be like a like a like a crutch? Like, let me just go to this absolutely. instead of doing the work. You know? I wanna, yeah, I absolutely. Hear you speak so on Jesus that. said, "If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out." He didn't say cast your eye out. He said gouge it out. So there's discipline. Um, if you look at like, I have young people all the time. Like, I'm just struggling with porn. I don't know what to do. I need deliverance. And it's like we cast demons out of them, whatever. And they're still coming back. And I'm like, okay, how about you get off the popular page on Instagram? How about you stop scrolling on TikTok? How about you stop watching, you know, girls dance with bikinis on. on. So Come these on. are disciplines. Um, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your laptop causes you to sin, get rid of it. So Come these on. are definitely deliverance can't be a cop out for discipline, a disciplined yes. life. Like we have to live that disciplined life. So I, I agree with you a hundred percent. If you've gone through deliverance already and you're still like coming and wanting more deliverance, more. I literally, bro, I told someone this last week, I'm not doing more deliverance on you. You need to get your life together. <laughs> you need to stop Come watching on. pornography. Like people, guys say, I'm struggling with porn. I'm like, bro, you turned your computer on, you typed in the website and you sat there for 30 minutes. You're not struggling. Like you're not battling. You're, you're giving in. You're just jumping in and oh, yeah. enjoying your The Bible sin. says there's no temptation common under man that God doesn't give us a way out, right? Like God, yeah. every temptation, God gives you an exit. Every time. I've never had anyone forced to sin. Um, there's always a temptation Come on. So, uh, willingfully sin, willingfully sin. So I would say, yeah, there could be a definite cop out. I agree hundred percent. People think everything's a demon, not everything's a demon, but I will say this because it's not taught in the church or preach more times than not. There's a demonic spirit there that needs to be dealt with. Once the demons dealt with yeah. you're on you, you need to discipline yourself. You need to crucify. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray fast. All the stuff we teach to yeah. crucify the flesh because, um, Jesus didn't say everything was a demon. He didn't say, yeah, cast good. it out, cast it out. Oh, Yo, you're, you're struggling, Peter, cast it out. Oh, you're struggling, Paul, cast it out. He told Peter, Hey, by the way, the devil knocked on the door saying you wanted to sift you last night. And I'm, I'm praying for you, Peter. So you need to get your act together, Peter, cause I'm yeah. praying for you. And so there's, there's definitely a place where there has to be that accountability, that discipline. Yeah. Not everything is just cast it out, cast it out, cast it out. I literally won't do like, if someone comes and gets deliverance, I'll give them maybe one more session. I won't do more than two. I mean, it's like mm. at that point, either go find someone wow. else. I'm not going to keep doing it every on. week. You, you, you got to back that up. You said if somebody yeah, yeah. comes to you for deliverance. Yeah. You will do one, maybe two sessions. Maybe two. Yeah. So if they're not off. ready, if I'm if I'm in a deliverance session and they're not ready or all the demons don't leave or, or whatever reason, or I, they go home and a week later they say, I still feel something hiding. I'll do one more and that's it. I will not do three. I'll not do four. I'll not do five. We're not doing this over and over. You always have a demon. You keep letting them back in like that. And this all goes back to, again, people are going to get mad at this. It's okay. Um, we're doing deliverance on believers, which I'll share with you why after. So these people, I'm saying you need to get plugged into a local church. Like I'm a, I'm a I local yeah, church pastor on. for almost 10 years. You need to get connected. I'm dealing with celebrities right now um, that have, again, millions of subscribers. One of them, 10 million subscribers. She's going to a local church. She's plugged into a body. So you need to not just get your demons out and then go live how you want. I don't, I did a deliverance on a celebrity not long ago who is pretty high profile in a, in a recent show that was very popular. And she came for deliverance and I sensed that now I'll be respectful again. I would never mention her name, so it doesn't matter here, but I sense that she wanted it for an easy way out for a certain thing mm. she was going through. And I told her, I said, deliverance is not a get out of jail free card. Come on. This is to help you live a disciplined life to serve Jesus. That's what it's for. So I said, if you're going to go right back, I would advise you not to get delivered. Well, she said, no, I want to serve God. I'm going to church. We did deliverance on her. 
and she's right back into after several months back into the culture back into the Come and on. she's very very famous all that stuff and the money's yeah. good all that so those are not fruitful if you come to me like i have a friend always coming to me i need to get these demons out of me but he's partying he's drinking he's out Come in the on. raves right i told him i'm not going to do deliverance on you because why am i going to cast the demons out of you just for you to go back and get them seven times worse or whatever Come on. so yeah absolutely there has to be the discipline yeah. after you get delivered even before so i discern that i'm not going to waste my time i'm not getting yep. there's people of course in any movement that are in it for the wrong reasons that are there for attention and so i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. and i want to navigate this do what jesus did and help people that genuinely want to be free and want help that's so good you said so much there man you said you said deliverance is a vehicle to live a disciplined yes. lifestyle you, you said the local church and the covering of a local church I think there's a lot there. And, and even if we we may disagree on some of the particulars on, on the definitions or whatever, I think that alone says a whole lot in terms of your heart for people and what you want to see happen to people. Um, yeah. So my, my, my next question for you would be, so I'll tell you a story. When I we were doing this ministry, and I, I, I much like you get saved super young, um, 16, 17 years old. Uh, a few months into it, we're doing a ministry where we're doing open mics and people are coming out and uh, uh, you know, I'm preaching and good, cool, really cool stuff is happening. God's moving. People are getting saved that, that are just far from God. Don't go to church. Um, and I remember one night there was a gentleman that was not a part of like the demo we were reaching, if you will. Right. He was just yeah. kind of hanging around and he lived in the, uh, the trailer parks across from the street. And of course we would have food. Oh, anyone's welcome. So he's, he's coming and he kept asking us to pray for him and, and, and cast out these demons from him, right? And we did. We kept praying for him. And it was this it was what you just described. It was week after week after week yep. after week the same prayer. And this this is this is where it, it goes left. We then found out after the fact, or I think in the middle of the fact, where the folks living with him or whoever was taking care of him let us know that he was schizophrenic and just refused mm. to take his medication. And he had mm. been schizophrenic for a long time. So here's someone that is hearing voices, seeing things. However, I would I would say this is a natural thing of the fall. His he has a brain sprain, if you will, right? Um, that, that that's Kanye's way of describing his bipolar is a brain sprain, right? Uh, mm. And and yet he's wanting deliverance ministry, and we're there. And I'm like, hey, if somebody tells me pray for me, I need. I feel like I'm under the demonic attack or whatever. I'm praying for them, Isaiah. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not watering it down. I may not know the right way to do it, but I see it in the yeah. scripture. I'm going for it, right? So we're praying for him, praying for him, praying for him, praying for him, and then at some point it's it's just like, hey, maybe you should consider taking what the doctors prescribed to you because this is now decades long. You have this thing. We've prayed for you. The elders have prayed for you. The yeah. prophet has prayed for you. Everybody's prayed for you. Maybe it's just a physical ailment. My, my interview with Dr. Brown, he said, hey, approach it naturally. Approach it naturally. And then when it shows that it's something else, then attack it from the spiritual. We did the opposite. We went straight for the spiritual. And it, nothing changed, right? And I got buddies of mine yeah. that are bipolar, and they've wanted deliverance, and they've wanted, and it's just like, hey, man, like this might be a by a byproduct of the fall. Like this might be a byproduct that something happened, and maybe maybe it is a generational curse, or maybe there was some trauma that induced this trigger. There's a lot of folks, I'm sure you know this, that are uh, have schizophrenia in their DNA, and then they overconsume too much weed, and and that could trigger weed. I'm, somebody in our Patreon community like that, right? Um, who He's, schiz he's full on schizophrenic, goes to church, prays, asks for deliverance. Um, 
unpack that and what how do you make sense i'm sure you've experienced stuff like this yeah where, yeah yeah and, I, and i'm sure you've experienced healing too but i'm not going to get in the way yeah. and say god can't heal somebody from something like that but in in my experience it seems like a lot of times people are asking for uh deliverance for something that may be a natural thing like I, I, i'll give you another example and then, and then i'll stop talking when i tore yeah, my acl good. i tore my acl playing basketball i looked around and i said pray for my knee and brothers prayed for my knee, and we keep praying for my knee. And then I went to the doctor. My knee didn't stop swelling. And then we got MRIs. And then we found out I had an ACL tear and an MCL tear and a meniscus tear. And I kept praying that God would heal. And I believe that God can do it. But then yeah. eventually, I went and got the surgery, and I'm back to playing basketball. And God used a doctor to heal me. God used a surgeon yeah. to heal me, right? So we, I'm, what I'm, I'm not trying to, to make it sound like folks don't believe in medicine and doctors and stuff like that, right? But how, what, where do you kind of draw the line where, yeah, man, God can totally make somebody's ACL grow back. God can totally heal a bone. God could also use a doctor and modern medicine and, and, and stuff to heal somebody. Uh, or, or help somebody function. How do you how do you make sense of all that? Yeah, so the, the healing thing is a tough question. My aunt was born deaf in one ear, and a week after getting saved, her ear, she's a, a nurse very high up. Like, if you go to the doctor out here, there's a picture of her on the wall. She's like, all her friends are doctors, nurses. My cousin who's on my board is a doctor. My other three cousins are nurses. My other side is all law enforcement. So I have a lot of family in the medical field um, that are all spirit-filled, that believe in God, that lay hands on the sick, that cast out demons. The Bible would say um, they brought the sick to Jesus, he casted out demons and he healed them. So not everything was a demon. Not everything was demonic. There are things, like I tell people this, what did the doctor say? Is there a chemical imbalance? Did they say you're missing something? Now, when when do we distinguish? Here's one of the ways, Ruslan. When someone comes to me and says, I've been to every doctor, I've been to every specialist, Luke chapter 13. I've been to every specialist and I can't figure out what it is. There's no explanation. There's nothing there. There's no tumor. And I'm having this un heard of pain. And Luke 13, there was a woman for 18 years bent over. Now here's what Jesus said in the synagogue. He said, this was from an evil spirit, a spirit of infirmity. So she was, she didn't need a doctor. She didn't need medicine. She needed deliverance. On the mm. other side, Jesus healed people that didn't have demons. They needed to be healed that were sick. So I would say we deal with both. We deal with deliverance and we deal with healing. If it's not a demon, let's pray healing over you. And if you don't get healed, go to the doctor. In fact, I'll say this, Ruslan, I tell people all the time, don't give me your testimony until you have a doctor's report. Don't be coming up to me saying, God healed you, the tumor's gone, cancer's gone, and then you die a week later. You need to go to your doctor, get a report, an x-ray, before I post it on my social media, because we want to verify that this is a genuine healing, a genuine miracle. Yeah. Now, I've seen thousands of miracles. I believe God can heal, obviously. I believe what the Bible says, we can lay hands on the sick. Mark 16, they will recover. I believe that the gather the altars, anoint them, a prayer of healing, all that type of stuff. Um, but there are times where we do deliverance, we pray healing and the person still has it. And so we say, you need to see a doctor. If you are on medication, don't stop taking it until your doctor says you can stop taking it. I believe though, many people now, there's a whole bunch of reasons why people don't get healed. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why people don't get delivered. There's a whole bunch of reasons. I don't want to go into all those different reasons, but we believe every time when I pray for the sick, I believe that God wants to heal them because that's what the word of God says. I believe he paid the price because that's what it says in Psalms 103. I believe that God wants to heal and deliver. And I go with the mindset that God wants to do this. James says, if you pray and you're double-minded, expect to receive nothing from God. So when I go in prayer, I'm going believing that God wants to, and God is going to. Now that's not to say God's going to every time. Now some in the chat might say, well, everyone Jesus prayed
prayed for got healed. Well, I'm not Jesus. I'm a student. Sure. He's yeah, the yeah. master. Come I'm on. learning. I'm trying. I'm figuring it all out. But if you do look at the story of the Mount Transfiguration, where this, the man brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus or demon demonized son to Jesus, and Jesus, he said, I brought my son to your disciples and your disciples couldn't heal him. Okay. Mm. So think about this. The disciples are praying healing. Jesus didn't heal the boy. He cast the demon out of the boy. So after they, Jesus rebukes, not the man, he rebukes the disciples and the disciples ask him, why couldn't we do this? And he says, this type, this type of what? This type of spirit. It was a spirit that he cast out. This type only comes out by prayer and fasting. One, one side of it is yes, prayer and fasting breaks the power of unbelief. The other side of it was you guys didn't have that lifestyle of prayer and fasting. So it's Mm. interesting. Again, this is just what Jesus said. Jesus puts the blame on the disciples for not having a lifestyle of prayer and fasting and not having enough faith. You'd say that the boy wasn't healed or delivered. So I usually won't do that because again, there's other reasons, but if we look at the scripture, it's very interesting how Jesus did that. So there's many different ways. I believe in medicine. I believe in medical. Again, my, my cousins, my family, the doctors, nurses, there's a, yeah. definitely a place for it. Um, but I think there is also a place for deliverance. So I tell doctors like you do what you do and I do what I do. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work what I'm doing, then you do what you do. If it doesn't work what you're doing, I'll do what I do. I've gone into, uh, into ICUs where the person was supposed to die, laid hands on them, saw God, not Isaiah. Isaiah has no power. I tell people this all the time. The only thing I've saved Ruslan is a hundred dollars a month switching to Geico. I have no power to save you. <laughs> I have no power. I have nothing to offer you. I tell people this in all of our events. Don't worship me. I'm not doing prayer lines. I don't do prayer lines. So if you're waiting for a man of God to lay his mantle, you don't need my mantle. You need the Holy Spirit's mantle. You don't need my anointing. You need the Holy Spirit's anointing. Um, I'm just a vehicle. You could follow me as I follow Christ, but it's not about me. It's never been about me. It's about God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, what God works through people. So yeah, I agree hundred percent. Some of this stuff is medical. And if um, I've dealt with people where it's like, Hey, you need to, you need to go see a doctor. You don't need deliverance. We've already done deliverance on you. We've already prayed for healing and you need to see a doctor for that. So absolutely. There's a place for medicine. It's, it's, and both, right? Like it's, and both it's, 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 Hey, have the faith, have the faith that God can heal and God does heal. And sometimes, Hey, God uses doctors and God uses people to help you understand how your body works and trainers and therapists and all these different things that I think it's an, and both thing. And I think when, when we go to the extreme, I, I get concerned that that the the heart of what you're saying, I'm, I'm with Isaiah, but I think people will take what Isaiah is saying and then they'll be disciples of Isaiah and weaponize yeah. the theology and say, yeah. ha, see, you still have schizophrenia? It's because you don't have the faith or it's because you can't cast the demon out. You need to go see this guy to cast the demon out. It's like man, maybe this brother just got a condition, a mental condition, and something's just off in his brain. We should keep praying for him, but we should encourage him, hey, go take your medication. Go go see your therapist. Go keep working on these things in the natural because it's not always just physical. It's it's an and both thing. Um, yeah. So I, I really appreciate you saying that because there's going to be folks that I know uh, will, will push back on that. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, oppressed versus uh yeah yeah let's uh, talk about it i know the chat's been going wild here yeah yeah and i think listen i i watched your video guys you guys should really watch isaiah's videos because what i don't want is him to feel like he has to rehash all of this yeah it's um, all good i i just read a really good article that dr michael brown actually sent me from gospel coalition on this very topic and on this very word um when it comes to uh, possession, oppression, neither of those words are there. The the, the actual yeah. word is demonization. Yeah. You said it this way, and I want you, and, I, and, I, and feel free to clarify. We talk about yeah. Christians having demons, and the way you described it was um, a Christian can deal with demonization, yeah. but the spirit of a Christian 
is yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So you could yeah. have demonization on your flesh. You could have demonization attached to your soul or maybe your emotions. I don't know if that's a fair interchangeable yeah. way of that. But the spirit of the Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Because the Holy Ghost dwells in us, we cannot have a demon in our spirit, but we can yeah. have demonization or deal with demonic um, tension. Dem, dem, I, I don't. I, I don't want to use the word oppression because I feel like that's a cop out, right? But we can yeah. deal with demonization. Do you, you want to elaborate on? Because I think there's folks yeah, yeah. that are. We hear this binary, don't we? We hear this. Christians can have demons. No Christians can have demons. Christians can yeah, have yeah. demons. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's right. I mean, the chat the whole time has been, oh, this, this. Christians can't. Christians can't. This. Right. I had one guy say this last week. He said Christians can have whatever they want. If they want a Ferrari, they can have a Ferrari. If they want <laughs> to cheat on their wife, they can. so to say Christians can't have something um, yeah. is is an unfair statement. And then it goes into the whole argument. Well, what makes you a Christian? Is it having faith? Is it being full of the Holy Spirit? Is it speaking in tongues? Yeah. That's a whole nother debate. So That's here's what I want to say. conversation on oh, what yeah. is it? Is it a Christian, right? Here's what I want to say. This is something that these guys that will argue this don't give us credit for. They don't give us credit for the fact that we've done thousands of deliverance on genuine Christians and pastors. I'm talking about speaking in tongues, spirit-filled leaders, pastors, Christians. So to say a Christian can't, you're discrediting thousands of people's stories, like the people in the chat, like your story, like my story, right? But then this is what they say. Let me break it down for you. And please have an open mind, have an open heart. One guy in the chat earlier said to say that we need deliverance is to say that Jesus didn't do enough on the cross. The whole point of his work on the cross was so that we could be free from these things. So this was actually part of the, which I already walked that. I won't go over that again. So this is what they say. They say Christians could be oppressed, but not possessed. But here's what I want to say. There's no difference in the Bible. There's right. no difference in the new Testament when it comes to demons. Jesus never distinguishes and neither should we. So I teach people that stop saying possess, remove it out of your vocabulary and oppressed um, because this is why the church is so confused. Now, here's what happened when they translated the King James into English from the Greek, the Greek word daimonizomai, which is translated from Greek to English. The English translation is possessed with devils. The actual Greek word means to be under the power of a demon has nothing to do with ownership. Now, let me set the record straight. Can a Christian be possessed? No, they can't because possessed means ownership. Okay, Come let me on. just set the record for all of you. They cannot, the devil cannot own you. You can have demons, listen to what I'm about to say, die and go to heaven because your demons are not going to go with you. Um, this is the same thing of people that I deal with in high level occultism that say, I sold my soul to the devil. You cannot sell your soul to the devil. You don't own your soul and the devil doesn't own your soul. You can't sell something you don't own belongs to God. So there's no such thing as selling your soul to the devil. Um, there's also no such thing as a Christian being possessed because the devil doesn't own believers. He can't own a believer. But let me just give you, I'm a shotgun bunch of verses to you that give biblical evidence that a Christian could be under the power, not possessed, but under the power of a demon. Mark 139, Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue, casting out demons. Matthew 16, Jesus told Peter, Satan, get behind me, not speaking to Peter. John 13, the Bible says Satan entered Judas. But here's, a, here's one, Acts chapter five. I'm gonna give you a word for word, okay? And you guys can take it, whatever you wanna take it. Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled your heart yeah. to lie to the Holy Ghost let's, and let's, keep can, back. Can, okay. can you stop there? I know, I know you're in a flow. I know yeah, you're in a flow. Yeah, yeah, but, go ahead, but, go ahead. but that that passage when you when you draw when you broke that down on the video, and this is a relatively new video you just you just covered. When you broke yeah. down that passage, because a lot of the fo uh, folks are gonna say this is before the resurrection, this is before the Holy Spirit came. But when you shared that passage, I was like, man. That is the strongest argument right there uh, in the New Testament, in the Acts, in the Church of Acts, where you see someone that's 
apparently a Christian. Yeah, apparently yeah. spirit filled. Apparently a Christian, and 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 is accused of having uh, demonization in that moment. So I didn't mean to throw you off. Keep going. No, no, I, no. I, and I, here's I the interesting the, part, Ruslan. Peter could have used any word he wanted. He could have said, why have you let a demon influence you? He could have said, mm. why have you let a demon speak to you? Why have you let Satan? And a lot of demons are going to say they're Satan, right? They'll imitate and they're not. They're trying to act stronger. But he's, he didn't say none of that. He uses the Greek word filled. Now, here's what's interesting. If you go to Acts chapter four, where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it's the same Greek word. So they get filled with the Holy Spirit, filled. Like if you have a glass of water and you fill it with water, and then you go to the Acts five and he says, why have you let Satan Fill, like actually fill you. So this is again in um, same Greek word. If you look at first Peter five this is what Peter says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, your enemy, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking who to devour. This is what Peter says, resist him, resist him. This is an action verb. It's like if someone's wrestling you and you're resisting them, you're pushing them off of you. Why would we resist something that has no power over us? Why, why, why are we resisting anything? The devil has no power. So why do we need to resist him? So he says, steadfast in the faith. Okay, um, be sober, be vigilant. First Timothy four, Paul says that there's coming a time where many are gonna depart from the faith. Listen to this and give heed to deceiving spirits, deceiving spirits, not a doc and doctrines of demons. So they're gonna depart from the faith. These are believers that have departed and are now giving into deceiving spirits. So this is Christians that are deceit, giving into demons. Matthew 12, Jesus said, when a demon leaves a person, it tries to come back looking for a house. If the house is empty, it returns. Um, obviously an unbeliever can't fill their house. So why would we cast demons out of unbelievers? Matthew 10, listen to what Jesus says. He says, don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans, but only go to God's lost sheep of Israel. And when you go, you're gonna preach to them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers and cast out demons. These are God's people they need to go to, okay? Matthew, uh, Mark 7, 24 and Matthew 15, 21. The Bible says deliverance is the children's bread. In fact, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, there's a group over there casting out demons, should we stop them from doing it? Here's what Jesus said. Do not stop them. No one that does miracles in my name is going to speak bad about me. So Jesus mm -hmm. identifies the casting out of demons as a miracle. This is not Isaiah saying it, it's Jesus, okay? Um, Luke 13, a woman in the synagogue who's a daughter of Abraham is bound by a demon. Listen to this, Galatians. Paul said, who has cast a spell on you? This is to believers. Now that word bewitched literally means a spell, a witchcraft spell. He says, who's cast this to now you think that you have to like earn salvation or you have to do something to get saved and you've changed the gospel, the simple gospel of Jesus died. So again, 2 Corinthians eleven four, Paul says, you happily put up with what anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus or a different kind of spirit mm -hmm. other than the spirit you received. A church, Paul says, have now received a different spirit and a different Jesus and a different gospel. And you're happy with it. So that's a different mm -hmm. spirit. But here's, here's a good one. Acts uh, chapter eight, Philip preached. They heeded to Philip's word. Then he cast demons out of them. So after they responded to his word, after they responded to the altar call, then he did deliverance on them. Now, those that say Christians can't have demons are usually people that have never done deliverance before. So we have to go back to where is it in the Bible that says a Christian can't have a demon? It's not there. Or... Where does it say, once you get saved, your demons leave? There's no verse. Or if you believe that, when did your demons leave you? And the answer is they didn't because you, you need deliverance in that sense. Now, here's the thing. When you get saved, you go from being dead spiritually, the Bible says, to being alive. Your spirit is dead. You are dead in your sin. And now you're resurrected with Christ. You're born again. You have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, okay? Your spirit is perfect. You're going to heaven, all of that, praise the Lord. Your soul, 
which is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Paul says that in 2 Thessalonians. I pray that your soul and all that stuff talks about the mind, will, and emotion. Your soul is being redeemed. It's subject to change. So that's why if you're a Christian, you can have a dirty thought because your mind is not renewed. It's being renewed. So mm -hmm. your emotions, you could have toxic emotions, right? You could have negative emotions because your, your emotions are still being renewed. Demons do not live in the soul where Jesus lives. Like how could God share a house with a demon? They don't live in the same place. They live in different mm -hmm. places in the person. There's no theologians I know of that would say there's no such thing as a soul. Cause some of you might say, well, there's no such thing as a mind, a will and emotion. I don't know any theologian that would say that, any scholar that would say that or any Bible scholar or Bible teacher that would say there's no such thing as a soul. There's no such thing as your mind, your will, your emotions, all the same. That's where people get caught up. So let me just, let me debrief here. Christians cannot be possessed. That speaks of ownership. Um, 100% cannot be possessed. Can they be demonized under the power of a demon? Yes, the demons live in a different place. Now, if you die and you're a believer and you have demons, you still go to heaven. As, this is not a salvation issue. And then that's why you say, well, where do the demons go? They go either finding a new assignment or they linger or they stay where your body is. That's why if you go to a graveyard, I have friends that work in um, old people's homes and they say we deal with demons all the time because these older people are dying and their demons are dwelling in that home and they're wandering. Jesus said the demons wander when they leave a person they wander and they look for refuge. So yes, spirits can wander. They're not always in bodies. They are for the most part, but Jesus said they wander looking for, looking for rest. They look in dry places, they find none and they return to the home that they came out of. Now, what's interesting, Ruslan, is Jesus didn't say when a demon gets cast out. Listen to this. It says when a demon goes out, which shows us demons can leave people even if they're not cast out. Whether that's just a demon leaving for whatever reason, it doesn't say cast out, it says goes out. So interesting stuff, but yeah, just to set the record straight, no, they can't be possessed, but they can be demonized. And if we stop using the language um, that the church has used, again, it's not scriptural language, then yeah. we'll stop debating so long about this. And this is a big point of contention and division in the body of Christ. And we just need to stop with the word semantics and the um, the wording. It's just, it's, it's a yeah. lot of it is wording. Yeah, I, yeah, we semantics. I think I think that's the key word here. Um, the the uh, people are joking, talking about my because uh, I say I'm charismatic with a seatbelt, and they say the seatbelt's okay. coming off. What they don't understand is when I say charismatic with a seatbelt, that seatbelt is the word of God. So when someone's operating in the word of God, whether that's Isaiah, whether that's Dr. Michael Brown, I'm right there with them. I think when yeah. we start coloring outside of the parameters of Scripture, and and, and like like Isaiah said, calling every single thing under the sun a demon, yep. uh, ignoring the need for discipline and, and, and sanctification and saying, well, that's just the demon. I think that's where I'm like, ah, that's, that's a bit wild. So, um, you, that you, I, th I thought you broke that down wonderfully. You said, um, can't be possessed, uh, excuse me, can't be oppressed, but that's the yep. wrong language. Anyway, demonized, you said, yes. Um, uh, the, when you say under the power, under the power, what, what, because we're not talking about the absolute power, right? Because you can yeah. still have the I idea and the understanding that something's off. I need to go get prayer or I need to repent, right? Or something's going on. So, uh, what, how, because you're not, yeah, so just clarify, we're not talking absolute power. We're basically saying, yeah. hey, somewhere they, along they the can way, influence you, you. Yeah, you they could tempt you, they could right. give you thoughts. So, so again, a, a demon I, I can't that. make you do anything. We can look at the world, and most people should say, yeah, this is a fallen world. There's obviously some demonic stuff going on. People are getting influenced. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a book. I don't know if you've heard this. You probably would love this book if you haven't read it. The the Screw Tape Letters. Screw Tape Letters. Yeah, yeah. Great I've, I've, book. I've, yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah, and so I think most people would say yes. There is influence. 
I think that the issue is the semantics, like you said. People are looking for an absolute binary. Christian is 150% in the power of the demon and they have no will, or they're under the 150% power of themselves or God. And and I think that's where the the, the division happens. So I appreciate you breaking that down. Um, Do you want to add anything to that? Because I got a, a couple more questions for you. Yeah, no, really, really good. Um, Some people say, and this is popular doctrine, like we don't need to fight anymore. Jesus finished it all. Jesus said, I'm finished. You're not finished. We're still under construction. The Bible goes on and on to say that. Um, But if we say that we don't need to fight the devil anymore, um, it uh, it erases the verse where it says he's the adversary, the enemy of your soul. He's fighting against you. It erases the armor of God. We don't need that anymore. We don't need Ephesians 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, the living Bible says we we wrestle not against persons with bodies, but persons with no bodies. The actual Greek says we're back battling people that have no body. So not flesh and blood. Many people believe this. And if he, when Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus, some people believe this. Um, he was under the Colosseum in prison at the time, and they were above him fighting flesh and blood. They were fighting in the Colosseum. And Paul was saying that up there where they're battling each other in flesh and blood, that's not the war. We're fighting an invisible battle. Second Corinthians 4.18, the Bible says, don't focus on the seen realm but the unseen realm for the seen realm is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So we are called to live in the unseen realm. There's an invisible war. There's a battle going on. We go on and on. Paul's going to tell us, he tells Timothy, you're a soldier. So why are you telling him you're a soldier, Paul? There's no battle. Um, So Jesus destroyed, and I want everyone to listen closely here. There's almost 900 of you watching the works of the devil, but not the devil himself. And here's how I know, Mm -hmm. because the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil's roaming. This is after the cross. He's roaming, looking for someone to devour. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the devil's the God of this world. Ephesians 2, 2 says he rules in the air and he's the prince of the power of the air. Matthew 16, 18, we know that the church has been commissioned to destroy the gates of hell. They will not prevail against us. So there's coming a time, Ruslan, in Revelation where the devil will get chained up for a thousand years, get released. And then once after the thousand years, thrown into the lake of fire for all of eternity. Absolute, mm. the devil will have no power. He will not reign. He'll be destroyed. He'll be in hell and torment forever. As of now, Jesus said, the ruler of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. So we're going to see in Revelation, he's the he rules all those, all those in darkness. So he's the ruler mm. of the present world. He's the God of this age, lowercase God, not uppercase, the G's lowercase if you read your Bible. Yes. So he does have power. We know that you can turn on the knees, news and you can say he has power. Um, there's the other thing of like, well, should we go by experience if you have experience in deliverance? Well, in Luke 7, 21, when John the Baptist is in prison, just let me say this quickly, two of his disciples come to him. And they start telling him everything Jesus did. And John says, go ask him if he's the one or should we look for another? Um, So he goes and asks him. And then the Bible says that Jesus cast out demons. This is in Luke 7, 21, healed the sick and restored sight to many who are blind. Then he says this, go back to John and tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. So Jesus proved who he was by casting out evil spirits and healing the sick by experience. He didn't say, go tell John what the Bible says. He didn't say, go tell John what the Torah says. He says, go tell John what you've experienced. So experiences are valid according to Luke 7, 21. Some say experiences don't matter. Friend, you got to realize the New Testament is the disciples experience. Like they wrote the gospels based on their experiences with Jesus. So we can't just throw out this whole like, well, it doesn't matter experience. It only matters what's in scripture. It does matter what's in scripture, but understand our experiences prove what's in scripture. John 10, Jesus said, if you don't believe me, Believe the signs and wonders that follow me. Know that I'm the father of the fathers in me. The Bible says in the book of Acts that they did signs and wonders to validate or confirm the gospel. So we can't write all this off and say it doesn't matter because according to the scripture, it, it does matter to God. Yeah, no, that's good. And I, yeah, and I, th- I think that's kind of foul for anybody that just be like, 
shut up, your experience doesn't matter. Like we're yeah, supposed yeah, to share yeah. our testimony. We're supposed to talk about the things that, that have happened to us. Um, I got a couple more questions for you. Okay, so yep. uh, my concern with some of the uh, the the energy around the deliverance ministry is that we know from scripture, Jesus is the only mediator, right? We know that, that, that we're, we're all one in Christ. Do you think that some of this can create like a hierarchy of, of Christians? You earlier said we're supposed to cast stuff out of each other, right? But do you think some people can then, uh, you know, Hey, I'm waiting because I want, I want, I want brother Isaiah to pray for me. Right. And, and then it creates this hierarchy of needing to go see the man of God or, or, you know, I'm, I'm a JV Christian because I don't have the, the right deliverance or I don't have the right theology around the deliverance. Is that something that, that you think could be concerning for folks that are, that are, that are too immersed in this entire like ecosystem? 100%. Yeah. Though this is one reason, Ruslan, why I don't do prayer lines. So I don't let people line up and wait for me. I don't let people say, I want only you to pray for me. No, we have a prayer team. We have an altar team. They have the same Holy Spirit as me. So we do things because of that. I also am not doing one-on-one deliverances right now. So Mm. I created a deliverance network in December, early December. We have almost 800 people all over the world that are casting out demons. I'm empowering average, normal believers, not super Christians, not celebrity Christians to do the works that Jesus did. This is not for the fivefold ministry, special force people. This is for every single believer. So yeah, there's cult personality worship that we have to keep fighting against. I'm always telling people, I'm not Jesus. I'm not your savior. I'm not God. I can't do anything for you. Don't wait in line for me. All this stuff. I love you. I care about you. I'm flattered that you drove 28 hours yesterday to come to our gathering, but you didn't come for me. You came to see God. We did an event two weeks ago, bro. And people came the night before at nine o'clock and the service started the next day at seven o'clock. They're waiting in the parking lot. The pastor called me. We don't know what to do. There's, there's groups of people waiting in the parking lot. And then in the morning, they all came back. Those cars and cars. They weren't coming to see me, y'all. You're not, I, have, I have hundreds of hours on YouTube of preaching if you want to hear. You're coming to encounter God. That's the hunger that people have. So I didn't do a prayer line. I didn't let people wait for me. This is all about God. So we have to intentionally continue to lift up Jesus, to honor Jesus, to throw the crowns at his feet and to say, this is all about the work that he did on the cross. This is all about the power of the Holy Spirit and the work that Jesus did. It's not about a man. It's not about a personality. Now, I always say this, here's where danger comes. When the light shining on you becomes greater than the light shining out of you. So Mm. if you have light shining on you and everyone, you're the center of attention, but there's not light shining out of you. Now, one thing I do, and I've done this for about six years, when I preach Ruslan, I respond to all my altar calls. And people laugh at me. I literally will preach and then say, I'm, I'm the first one to respond. I need more of God. I need breakthrough. I need healing. I need deliverance. I'm not exempt. I'm not above. Um, often I don't even preach on stage. I try to preach on the floor because I don't want anyone to even feel like I'm somehow above you. I'm mm. Oftentimes I'm preaching messages that God has already preached to me and convicted me about. Cool. So I'm the first one on my face, on my knees. I'm excited. I'm passionate. I'm praying. I'm leading the way because I need God more than anyone in this chat. Let me see how many are you. There's uh, 850 of you. I need God more than all of you. I'm broken. I'm contrite. I'm weak. These are the people God wants to use. It's the humble that he exalts. Um, We've gained half a million followers in the last eight months. How? Because we've humbled ourselves before God and said, God, we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the praise. And we give you all the credit for everything that's done. And so we have to remain that way in humility um, with spiritual covering. I have multiple spiritual fathers that are constantly saying, hey, what did you say here? Make sure this is here. Checking my scriptures, Mm. checking my theology. I have spiritual fathers, Ruslan, that listen to every single one of my videos, which you guys don't know I upload daily. 
and they're always writing me saying, what did you mean by this? What about this? Make sure you say this. Don't say this. Be careful when you're saying this. And so I'm always under that accountability. I'm always under that correction. And I have people correcting me all the time. And so we have to remain in that place of humility or we'll be like a shooting star instead of a shining star. And we'll be, you know, one moment, there's Isaiah, the next moment, oh yeah, did you hear about Isaiah? He went and did this, this, and this. I'm in this bro for the long haul. I've been in 10 years. I'm, I'm in this till I'm 80, 90. I wanna die on fire for God. I'm not in this for a year of fame or I'm not, I've been doing this for 10 years before I was famous on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram. I can care less about any of that, to be honest. I don't feel any different. Um, I would rather be in the sound booth, to be honest with you, bro. And God is, <laughs> God is the one that the Bible says he exalts the humble and he humbles those that exalt themselves. Yeah. So yeah, we got to keep it focused on Jesus and everything that we're doing. Come on, man. And and I think that's where the 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 honor, right? Humility precedes honor, right? And yeah. and, and like you, I was in the sound booth. I was the guy doing the media stuff behind yep. the scenes before I ever got up and and, and and preached on a Sunday morning platform or did the YouTube stuff now. So I love your heart on that. Um, j- just a few c- clarifications, and then I want to talk about revival because that's the part I think yeah. me and you are both excited about. Um, with what's happening, I think today, uh, in, in terms of when we talk about Satan and all that kind of stuff, right? You, I like how you pointed out that you said he is a god of the earth, lowercase g. Yeah. So just to bring some clarity to people, Satan is not all powerful on earth. No. He is a god on earth. God is ultimately God. God he's is on a leash. He's on a leash. So I think a lot of times we view God and Satan up here, and it's like, no, 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 no. God's way up here. Different Satan's weight class. Yeah, it's not in the weight same class. weight class. So, so, so Satan is not all powerful. Uh, Satan is not omnipresent the way nope. God is. Satan is not all knowing the way God is. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a good friend, John Ramirez. He was um, an ex-Satanic high priest and met Satan personally, all that. Satan can only be at one place at one time. So the chances are most of you have never met Satan. His demons do his work. He's the prince of demons, the Bible says, the ruler of demons. So these are what we're battling. Now, demons will say, I'm Satan. They're lying. They're trying to manipulate. They bluff. And they want you to think they're stronger. They're not Satan. Satan, again, can only be in one place. He has some power, but you have all power. Jesus said this. All power and authority that I've been given, I now give to you. What I was to the world, you be to the world. Now I go to the Father, you go to them. So Jesus has given us all power and authority. The Bible says he gave us power to bind and power to loose. The the keys he gave to Peter, right? And is given to the church. So we have more power. We have infinitely more power. In fact, if you go to Revelation chapter 12, Ruslan, and you see the battle, the rebellion that happened in heaven, the Bible doesn't say God fought the devil and cast him out of heaven. The Bible says, and a rebellion broke out and Michael and the archangel led a war against Satan and his angels. So think mm. about this. God is sitting back. God is like, I'm not even in the weight class. Like you guys, you guys are lightweights and I'm, I'm heavyweight, right? So we're not even in the same playing field. So Michael goes to war and cast and the angels get cast down to earth. This is not God because here's what's interesting. The Bible says that when Jesus or when God opened the Red Sea, it said it was by the breath of his nostrils. Think about Mm. this. Moses goes to God, what are we going to do? And God goes, hmm. And the breath of his nostrils, the Red Sea opens. If you look at the battle of Armageddon in the book of Revelation, the Bible says the Antichrist gathers all the rulers, all the kings, all the armies of the world to gather uh, to battle against the rider of the white horse, who's Jesus, obviously. And the Bible says with the breath of his mouth, He destroys every army, the Antichrist. This is like, God is like, God could wink at the devil and he could go to hell for all of eternity. So this is not even, this is not a power battle. I taught this last night in my live stream. Demons can't battle you with power because they're powerless in comparison to you. So they have to use deception. They have to bluff. They have to lie because they know if they arm wrestle you, you win 10 times out of 10. When the kingdom of God goes against the kingdom of Satan, it's like a diesel truck going against a smart car. The kingdom of Satan will never overcome that. So yeah, we have infinitely more power. 
We have to be careful we don't empower Satan by thinking he's so powerful or you'll never get free. If you have voices saying, you're never going to get delivered, Uh, I'm more powerful, you'll never cast me out, which demons always tell me in deliverance. They're always like, you're never going to cast us out, we're more powerful. These are all lies. This is all bluffing. It's deception. And, you know, we have more power infinitely on another scale than than Satan. And God's given us that power and authority as believers. Amen. Amen. That's good. So with that, uh, me and you believe the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Right. Yeah. We're active on social media. We both spend, you know, multiple hours a week streaming, creating content. Um, you're speaking to, to, to a lot of the spiritual realm. I'm, I'm probably speaking to a lot of the more practical side of pressing into Jesus, becoming more disciplined, le- leveraging technology. Let's let's talk about what we're seeing here within the TikTok space, the revival we see breaking out in culture. The the if if if, if Satan is powerless over us in in the absolute sense, because we have the spirit of God living in us, right? So he has some power, but ultimately we have the spirit of God. We have the Holy Spirit. Um, Can can we, are you hopeful to see more Christians doing what you're doing, what I'm doing, going into the highways and byways of social media, technology, the town squares of this era, if you will, right? So you're active on TikTok, you're active on YouTube. I think I think what I'm excited about is just to see even Christian YouTube and all the folks blowing up, all the the audiences that are that are exploding um, in the music industry and all these different industries. Yeah. It seems like, and and I, and I want you to, to to speak on this, but it seems like there's almost this like victim mentality of like, oh, you know, Satan controls the world. He's just out yeah. to get me. I'm just a weakling Christian because the principalities and the powers in the world and in the, in the entertainment and, and in media are just are just so big. And yet we keep seeing example after example after example, whether it's you, whether it's Amy, and Alex, whether it's Alan Parr, whether it's Mike Winger, whether it's my, my brother Nick D that just did a deal with Universal Republic, who's going crazy, number four song on Spotify viral, born again, like believer of Jesus, follow Jesus. We're seeing this happen everywhere. And yet for some reason, I still sense this, this softness from Christians yeah, that are yeah. afraid to press into culture and to redeem the times as Ephesians tells us to. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that, man? And how, yeah. do we, how do we break out of this like victim mentality I keep seeing? Yeah, I would say the only territory the devil owns is the territory a Christian hasn't come and taken yet. So I tell people all the time, you're you're the yeah, I'll this say get the bell ready. The I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're the devil's worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah, people are like, you need to go get a vaccine. I'm like, the devil needs an Isaiah Saldivar vaccine. Like, I'm I the I don't have nightmares of demons. Demons have nightmares of me. I'm called. You have to know this. You're not a grasshopper. You're not weak. Jesus has given you all power. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that you can be empowered to do the works I did, John, and even greater. So we have infinite more power. We just have to go claim the territory and take over. So in 2019, I traveled for almost 10 years. Um, and the, maybe towards end of it, I felt the Holy spirit impressing on me to start getting on social media. Now I didn't want to, I didn't have a desire to, but I felt the Holy spirit was like, you need to do this. You need to do this. So I said, and it wasn't some crazy encounter. I just overwhelming couldn't stop thinking about it. So I literally started buying cameras and studio stuff and everything you can think of. And in uh, December, I was at this prophetic conference and everyone's like giving their prophetic words, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, they're like, what do you have? I was like, I just felt like God is saying 2020. And I have this on record on my channel. I felt like 2020 would be the year of internet revival and revival Hmm. in people's living room revivals. I didn't know. No one knew about COVID. This is on my channel in December. I know COVID, none of that. Right. 
Um, I launched in January, 2020. Again, didn't want to stream, didn't want to do any of it. I had about 30,000 total followers from traveling, but I never, I posted 30 times in the entire year. So I wasn't posting, I wasn't active doing streaming, nothing. We started doing our podcast that took off. Uh, we went from like 300 live viewers to 500 to averaging 600. COVID broke out and I was already ahead of the game because I had all the cameras, I had all the equipment I was already Come doing. On. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Charisma Podcast. I was on all the networks and stuff. Yep. And then launched into another live stream that really took off. And then in August, of 2020, I started like, I need to take YouTube serious or actually it was uh, about August, October. We started taking YouTube serious and we went from like 800 live stream viewers, every stream to now we're doing like 3000 up to 5,000. I think three weeks ago, we had 5,300 people live for almost two hours in the broadcast. Um, so God is doing something. God is using social media. Let me share the story with you, bro. And I, she won't mind me sharing it and she'll be coming out soon with this, but January, 7th of 2020, I told my brother, my goal for this year, he works for me full-time. He's in the chat, um, X villain ghost. He streams and stuff on Twitch, but I told him, I said, I want to take over YouTube this year. That's my goal. We're going to take over with the power of God, with the presence of God. We're going to search engine optimization algorithms. I'm a nerd. So I spent hundreds of hours watching algorithms, all that type of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I, I wake, that's like what I do as a hobby is I watch videos on how to optimize and stuff. I get on a plane, bro to go do an event with somebody. I'm flying home. I think this is January, I think 14th. So this is seven days later. I get a message on Instagram. First of all, I don't, I get 300 messages a day. So I don't usually check them because I'm just one person. I can't check them. Um, it is what it is. But I felt like God was saying, check your request, which is so random. I'm on the plane. And this girl wrote me, who's a very big time. Actually, she just texted me right now, which is so crazy. A big update. Okay. So she wrote me that she had gotten rocked in our broadcast, gotten saved through our broadcast, and she got radically saved all this. I didn't know who she was. So I started writing friends and family. They're all like my friends that were like my um, my cousins and stuff that know who she is on YouTube. I saw one of her videos because it was number one trending. So I knew she was a big time YouTuber, not knowing she's like 10 million subscribers, big on YouTube. Um, she's getting rocked by God through our broadcast. And so we ended up flying to her house, praying with her, doing deliverance, all this type of stuff. She's gotten radically changed. When I say radical, I'm talking like, no drinking, no cussing, no movies, throw everything out. Like the encounter I had radical with the Holy Spirit. And so God is organically reaching celebrities. Now her friends are the Kylie Jenners. Like these are her friends that she hangs mm -hmm. out with. Yet now God is radically saving her, delivering her, healing her, rocking her. She's getting ready to come back to her 10 million audience and start sharing her faith with them and sharing a mm -hmm. bunch of other stuff. So again, TikTok, right? We made TikTok. I had 5,000 followers. I didn't want to get on TikTok, bro. I was like, I don't want to be on TikTok. I'm, I just turned 30. Like, I just, I don't have an interest. We get on TikTok in March of 2021. Um, so this year in March, uh, we had about 5,000 followers the first week. We posted a video. It was a deliverance video. It went crazy viral. Within three days, I gained 200,000 followers. And I'm talking like my phone was scrolling nonstop for three days straight. Um, got 12 million views within about 10 days. We had 25 million views our first 10 days on TikTok. And these are like radical preaching videos, deliverance videos. God wants to deliver you, heal you, save yeah. you. Jesus is the only way. Like these are radical. And so we saw that blow up. Instagram actually this last week is starting to take off. YouTube, we gained about 100,000 in seven months, which if you guys know about YouTube, let me just say this, okay? For all of you that are um, wanting to be influencers, we could maybe do another stream on that. But all you that want to be a Christian influencer, uh, one follower on TikTok versus one follower on YouTube is not the same. Like yeah. YouTube is 10X. Like if you have a million subscribers on YouTube, that's like 10 million plus on TikTok. TikTok is much easier than YouTube. But yeah, God, God through his grace and mercy, we broke in on YouTube and we gained 100,000 in seven months. So we went Come from 10,000 subscribers to now we're at 123,000. Um, hmm. Facebook, we went from 30,000 followers to 160,000. So all these platforms just started exploding. The streams are exploding. 
the ministry is exploding. Now we have a thousand people showing up to our in-person church services come that on. are coming from the YouTube, from the streams. We had 1300 come this last weekend in Arizona. And a lot of them are coming from the broadcast, coming from the streams, finding out there is a crazy hunger right now all over yeah. the world for Jesus Christ, for the real thing, for his presence, for his power, for his mercy, for his grace, for his healing, for the gifts, whatever you want to call it or verbalize it in your denomination. People are hungry for freedom. They're hungry for deliverance. They're hungry for God. They're hungry for an encounter and a relationship with Jesus Christ. So yeah, very, very special. I would recommend everybody make a YouTube channel. Everyone make a TikTok. Bro, I told my audience, every one of you should be on TikTok sharing your story. I have a lady who's 68 years old that made a TikTok channel from me telling her to, and she's preaching on there and people are watching, bro. She's 68. So she's 68 and she could be on TikTok. There's nothing to wait for. Now's the time. One thing I will say about TikTok and social media, back in the day, if you wanted to see God move or preach revival or preach all that, you had to wait for the religious guard to give you permission. Now Mm. with everything going on, we're going right past the religious guard. Like we don't care what religious people have to say. The Pharisees can't stop us. Like there's a, a remnant rising up. I know some people are like, Oh, these people on TikTok, they're too young. They shouldn't be teaching until they get out of Bible college. Show me that in scripture. Peter had the Holy Spirit for 15 minutes and 3,000 got saved. The Bible says, Acts 4.13, they were unskilled. They were uneducated, yet the Pharisees marveled because they had been with Jesus. So all of you young people that maybe your theology is not all there, go ahead and preach. Go ahead and share your faith. Like I'm tired of religious people holding back the body of Christ that wants to go forth, like let them make mistakes. The disciples did. Jesus never said, oh, did you go through your four-year Bible college? Did you know eschatology, (laughs) hermeneutics, exegesis? Did you get your degree? Like we just got to let them go, man. This young generation, they're so hungry. They're so uh, thirsty for God. They're so desperate. They're wild. They're radical. And I'm like, I love it, bro. I love I love seeing people get platformed. I bring people on my show. I've helped platform several people and I want to keep doing it. My platform is... For anybody, I tell people all the time, go subscribe to them, go do this, go do that. I don't, I don't care. I can care less about it all. I want to see God move on social media. So there's a great revival. We're taking uh, territory back definitely right now. That's so awesome, man. And I think I think there's going to be folks that walk away from this stream inspired, hopefully, and, and jump into the YouTube space, the TikTok space, share their stories, share what God is doing in their lives. Uh, as we're seeing more of that and people pressing into Jesus, being more active on social media, uh, this was a question that came in from Lorenzo Sanchez earlier uh, on my Patreon. He said, what advice do you have uh, to not get uh, de- de- demonized? And how did you feel when it happened to you? So what advice would you have so that folks can avoid that, right? Like if they're not going yeah. through it. Um, and because as we know, as things start bubbling, as people's platform grows, you got to put those safeguards in place. You got to have those boundaries. You got to have that covering. You got to have that accountability. Um, what advice would you have for someone to avoid getting demonized? Yeah, definitely. Staying in a group of believers. Like it's like the lion that goes after the lonely gazelle, right? We know the devil targets those that are by themselves. So staying in a community, a group of people that can keep you accountable. I do this. I have friends right now that are all in the chat, like Alexander Pagani, Vlad Savchuk, Mike Signorelli, and uh, several others that we stay together and accountable to each other, right? We do Mm. stuff together. We could do more. Ruslan, the reason why I'm on your show today, um, the reason why we partner is because we could do more together than we can alone. So it's a benefit to us for us to gather. The Bible says one could put a thousand, two could put 10,000 to flight. So there's a 10 multiplication when you get together. Jesus sent them out in pairs for a reason. So yes, staying together in a, in a unity, in a group of people, also sustaining from making sin a habit. So come on. demons don't just come from sinning one time, they come from habitual sin. And James tells us that you're a son of the devil if you practice sin. 
Not if yeah. you sin one time, but if you yep. rehearse it, if you practice it. So that's what makes you, opens you up to demonic spirits. Again, of course, like different traumas and different things are open doors. That's unavoidable, especially for young people. But when it comes to just avoiding being demonized, like keep the doors closed. Any doors that open things up when you're now, again, you might disagree with me. Other people might. It's okay. When you're watching shows and movies that have a lot of magic in them, witchcraft, those are open doors. I would be very careful watching movies, doing things that have magic, witchcraft, um, psychics, mediums, going into mediums. People say, oh, is that the mall? Demons could come into you at the mall. So just because you think it's innocent, <laughs> these are open doors. It's not a game. It's not, you know, Ouija board. I deal with a lot of people that are like, it's innocent. Hasbro makes Ouija board. Yeah, it's an open door for demons. It's a vehicle. So just staying away from these things, sure. fasting, prayer, these are all safeguards. Renew your mind. Uh, but you have to take responsibility. You can't sit there and think because you're a Christian, you can do whatever you want and the devil's going to leave you alone. The devil wants to attack Christians more than anybody else because he already has the world. Like, why is he attacking the world if he already owns them? He wants to get you off track. So yeah, just keeping those, getting those habits, you know, keeping those habits out of your life and being renewed in your mind and different things that we always talk about. Yeah, man. I love that you drive it back to that point because a lot, a lot of times it's not driven back to that point. And you, and you keep going back to that point of making it personal, making it consistent, being a part of a local community, setting up those disciplines so that you aren't opening yourself up to every other thing. Like the, like we, like, man, I remember a kid before I was a Christian, thinking like, yeah, I'm not fooling with that Ouija board. Like, that just doesn't sound like a good idea. Like, so to hear that there's kids, like, dabbling with the Ouija board, dabbling with magic, like, that's kind of wild. Now, hold on, no, no, no. Have you ever met a Christian magician? By magician, I mean art of delusion. I don't mean spells Uh, and wizardry. No, I haven't. I haven't met one before. I know that they exist. Yeah, but I haven't met one. Okay. Okay. But you wouldn't be like against that when you're talking about like a card trick or delusion. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing illusion, yeah. But if you're doing like straight up magic spells and witchcraft, which I mean, again, again, I want to say this to the chat. I do deliverance one-on-one with high level cases. So I'm dealing with people that have like spent 20 years in Brazil with like eating spiritual food and 20 foot giants coming into them. Like I'm dealing with very high cases of like celebrities that are getting out of stuff that I can't talk about that are like high level talking to fire levitation. So I deal with special cases. The cases I deal with when I'm traveling and preaching and doing deliverance on people at altars is lower cases of like Ouija boards. But when I talk about magic, I'm talking about like real magic, like real spells, incantations, sage and Ouija boards and summoning all that. Again, I go into this on my channel and people like, why do you talk about that? Cause it's real. And people are doing it right now all over the place. If you go to TikTok. There's a literally thing called witch talk. In fact, I went viral in the witch talk hashtag and I had hundreds of witches <laughs> blasting me. Like, I dare you. I told them, I dare you to come up in my, bro, I was at a church and it's a massive church. It seats 5,500 people. Yeah. The pastor and them were being attacked by a coven of witches. They told me, you know, their witches are coming. They're sitting front row. They're going to cast spells on you. I told them, call all, tell them to call all their witch friends, all their, and they could come sit front row. They could doodle their hands and I will preach a hole right through them. I am not yeah. afraid of no witches. I'm not afraid. And they all came, they sat front row and they were, uh, and I was preaching away and then nothing changed. I didn't feel anything. I was like, I'm going to, I'll preach a hole right through witchcraft because we, again, we have more power than them. They're yes. powerless when they come in the presence of God. So I deal with those. So you might hear some of my stories like this is outlandish, but I deal with I deal with a lot of outlandish cases that are not the norm are more of the exception. Sure. But again, sure. a lot of average people that have dabbled in things, they have one or two spirits. I And again, I don't post 
um, like calm deliverances. So I do a lot of deliverances where there's not a crazy manifestation. Nobody's yeah. screaming. There's not a, you know, levitating and, and crawling. I'm not going to post those because it's like yeah. no one's going to watch those. It's just me praying for someone. So if you see me posting deliverance videos, it's very few videos I post. And they're usually pretty radical because I'm trying to gain people's attention. If you go to my channel, bro, my thumbnails are so edgy. And Christians are like, why are your thumbnails so edgy? Because I'm not trying to reach you. I'm trying to Come reach on. unbelievers. <laughs> I'm trying to get worldly people to click on my videos. I already got yeah. you. You're already in the broadcast. Yeah. So again, these are strategies that we use to help reach people on these different platforms. Yeah, that's good, man. And listen, guys, if you're hearing this, um, uh, what I what I, I I love your humility in this stuff, man, because it doesn't come off as this like flex hierarchy. I'm more anointed, right? Uh, and and yeah. I think again, my concern is that some people are gonna take this and then like radicalize it even more. Like if people are actually hearing you. You're you're not creating a hierarchy of Christians. There is no JV no. Junior Varsity nope. Christian. There is no I'm more anointed. You guys are my minions. There, you're, you're coming from such a place of humility. And I'm just watching this chat. Like there's somebody said earlier that uh, th this is some this is some wild stuff. Wet dreams are demons. Somebody said there's no such thing. You know, a Christian could never do magic or illusion. Right? There's 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 gonna be this like take what what Isaiah said and then take it to the extreme. And then if anybody says anything outside of their Paradigm. And again, people do this with with tries. I'm sure people do this with, with my content, right? But how would you speak to some folks that just kind of go the, the the like take it and then 10x what you're saying even more? And yeah, create that, this, that's like bro. That's like the whole thing of, mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's even the thing of like um, we're in the world. That's the bottom line. So if you look at like Thursday is named Thor's Day. It's named after a Greek god. So Wednesday or Tuesday is Tires Day. So people tell me like, I don't go to Starbucks because it's the siren or I don't go to Target. It's like, you can't go anywhere then because every company is a secular company. Come so on. we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So yeah, you're going to have people that will take you to the extreme and they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything and they're miserable people. But we have to realize that we are called to infiltrate darkness. We're called to go into the enemy's camp and take back what he's stolen. We're in a war. Like the Bible makes it clear and the spoils of this war ruslan are not oil are not political power they're souls we're battling for people's eternities that are yeah. either going to go to heaven or go to hell so we have to absolutely i'm working my best it's not always easy when your platform's growing or when you're a public figure to try to erase the celebrity mentality mm. but here's the problem with celebrity mentality okay is that we create a doctrine or philosophy that i could have a special thing from god that you can't have so it's like i could have a special mm. um here i could have a special connection that you can't have or i could do deliverance like you can't like i'm mm. i'm way better than any of you the demons listening so we create this thing where it's like i have something you can never get so you have to keep mm. following me to get what i have yep. when in reality yep. i'm trying to tell people i have nothing that you can't have like everything i have is coming from the word of god and you can have it and you can have more in fact i i hope that my ceiling is your floor i want to mm. elevate you and i believe many of you watching are going to do 10x greater things than i've done so when we create this celebrity mentality we're telling people like you can never have what I have. I'm always going to be better. I'm always going to be greater. I'm always going to have more fruit, more of this. So we just have to do away with this mentality. We have to um, humanize ourselves, share our struggles, share what we go through. I tell my stream all the time. There's so many times I don't want to go live. I have zero desire. My flesh doesn't want to, but mm. my spirit is willing. Jesus said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And that's that humanity side. Another thing I do, bro, is I spend hours after every service, meeting people. So I'll yeah. literally preach and then spend two to three hours meeting every person that wants to meet me, taking pictures, mm -hmm. greeting them, shaking their hand, saying hi to their family. I had a lady just say, will you please come to my son's 10-year-old birthday party? We don't have any family and we live in LA. And I said, 
you know, I'm, I mean, I'll do it. I mean, if I can make time, you can drive down. Like we have to keep our humanity. When I go into yeah. churches, I tell them I am here to wash feet. I did not come to be served. I came to serve you. I'm not trying to go to the green room. I'm trying to go to the upper room. I'm not trying to go to the boardroom. I'm trying to go to the prayer room. Like I want to be here to serve the people, to pray with people, to minister yeah. to people. And after I'm done, I'm done, but I'm not trying to get rushed off to the green room. I did guys. I've done this for 10 years. I preached in the mega churches. I preached with all the famous guys you follow. And a lot of it's vanity, bro. A lot of it's empty. I've sat with some of my heroes in the faith that I went to a restaurant with after and didn't know how to talk to the waiter. And I'm just like, why? You know, we have to be human. We have to be normal. Yeah. We have to, you know, these are all things to think about, but yeah, I think we definitely need to yeah. destroy that, that celebrity mentality that yeah, well, comes it, with a lot of this. And I think, I think, I think what oh, my happens, just went out, I think, can you hear me still? Or no? on, let me see. I don't know what happened here. I lost you. Can you hear let me? me? This one second. Um, Hey guys, see. if you're finding this valuable, give gone. this video a quick thumbs up. That would be fantastic. All right. Can you hear me? Oh man, the volume's gone here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, it's back. Okay. I don't know what happened. Okay, the volume cool. came back. Sorry no, about that. Yeah. It's all good. I was going to say, sometimes people then take these things again to the, to the radical extreme, right? So I, I guarantee you around Christmas, we're going to have a bunch of people who say, oh, yeah. Uh, you you brought a Christmas tree in your house, right? You've allowed a spirit into your house. There's 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 folks that went crazy at me because I oh yeah I, I get that my, all the time. My, my son dressed up as uh, as as Spider Man for Halloween. We did a church harvest festival. We dressed up as Spider Man for Halloween, and people freak out. Right again, the 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 I gave the, my daughter the, flowers for Valentine's Day, bro. I got four little girls, and I bought them all flowers and posted a picture, and I got flamed. They're like, <laughs> "How dare you? You're gonna give them demons by giving them flowers? How dare you? The Valentine's Day is demonic." I was like. First of all, it's the day before Valentine's Day, so y'all chill. Second of all, ain't nobody putting our kids on the altar. Relax. But yeah, everybody, that's anything, yeah. man. That's yeah. that's even with, you know, um, it, with people that teach the Bible, they get hyper, yeah. hyper where God can't move if it's not. So it's any anything you get yeah. into, you get into yeah. the hyper. So we need to maintain um, realizing like there is definitely a balance when it comes to it. Yeah, that's good, man. Uh, any final thoughts, final, final words of encouragement for the folks watching this, man? Yeah, man, I would encourage you guys. So I know some of you are like, I need to get deliverance. We have a deliverance map. If you need help, we have people all around that can do deliverance on you. It's on my website um, slash deliverance. We don't make any money. It's not monetized. It's just to get people help and freedom all over the world. We have people doing that. I want to encourage all of you to take what was said. Go to the word of God. Go to, I, I would challenge everyone that was like, hesitant or resistant. I saw some people in the chat in the beginning were like, I don't like this guy. And at the end they're like, Oh, this is good. So I would challenge some of you that are um, <laughs> like, don't like, or aren't into, or don't believe in casting demons. Just go to scripture, go to Jesus's ministry only go to the seven accounts. He cast demons out and read for the Bible. Then go to the book of Acts, do your own research. I hope that if anything, I provoked you. Another thing, I hope that you saw the human side of me and you realize like my goal is to get people to know Jesus more. And I think this collaboration was a lot bigger than we realized. Um, I know like, Obviously, our following or whatever could be different than yours or our camp could be different than yours. Yeah. But just the fact that we collab today and we we were together and we were in unity and we honored each other and there was almost 900 people watching. I think that there was something that broke too, that some breakthrough there that took place. And I think this is the beginning of the unity that we need in Amen. the body of Christ from different places, different camps. And I can guarantee if me and you sat down, we'd agree on 99% of yeah. everything the Bible says. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings when you just look at people's YouTube channels or you just look at certain things and you don't see the actual what they're saying. You hear them, but you don't see what they're actually saying. So if, yeah. I, if I would challenge anyone, I hope I would challenge you to get into the word of God, 
um, to realize that you've been called, you've been empowered. This is for every believer. It's not special. It's not elite. It's not for just some people. It's for everybody. And just thank you, man. I honor you. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. It was a good time and definitely got to do something again in the future. Yeah, man. And guys, I, like those of you guys that are still watching here and you're still tight, um, regardless on maybe disagreeing with semantics or, or what have you, I think I think like, why would you not want someone to read the scriptures? This is the, this is how Michael, Pastor Michael Brown, uh, Dr. Michael Brown broke it down to me. He's like, hey, if someone gets, a, gets the scriptures in the original language and they sit, they read through the entire New Testament, understanding the entire, the, the original language, how does their faith look when they come out of it? And I think mm. it's a very, very difficult argument to make that there's no desire to live this radical, transformed life that we're talking about here. Like, like that's a stretch to be like, yeah, I think we just kind of go back to just kind of lifting our hands like this and singing a little bit, right? So those of you guys that, that, would, that would feel, I don't know, threatened or religious uh, from what Isaiah is saying, my question would just be like, why? What does he yeah. say here that's in contradiction with the scriptures? What and I want to say this too. I know there's people the that are like, you know, why would I want to go for deliverance if I don't need it? Here's the thing, guys. You got to realize deliverance is just prayer. Like I tell Come people, on. say you don't need deliverance and you go for deliverance and you just got free prayer. I mean, yeah. it doesn't hurt to go and be like, let's see if there's anything there and get free. Guys, I was an atheist. Like, just yeah. trust me. I was an atheist. I was F, F God at the altar, cussing yep. at God. Yep. And God radically changed me while I was in my sin. And the Bible says that God proves his love for us yep. while we were yet sinners. Christ dies. So you yep. don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have some elite thing. Like I was an atheist. So if you want to talk about unbelief, none of you are more unbelief than I was. And God <laughs> led me to this. Um, and it's, it's real y'all. I can tell you right now, it's real. It's genuine. It's the real thing. And it's, I want, bro, here's the thing. Let me, let me just say this. I know I'm supposed to be done here. I want everything that God has. Like I want everything now, whether that means spiritual gifts, the baptism, the Holy Spirit deliverance, I don't care. I just want yeah. everything that God has for me. And I'm hungry. I'm always looking. I'm always praying. I'm always reading, seeking more of God. So have that heart instead of being so negative and critical yeah. and like questioning everything, people that are always questioning and critical, they usually won't experience this. They usually won't experience yeah. miracles, healing, deliverance, gifts of the spirit. None of that. Cause they're just, they're already critical of it. And we have to stop tolerating the Holy Spirit and start celebrating him. So if you're just like, well, I guess it's whatever. And you're, you're, you're arrogant or prideful, then you're not going to experience or see what we're talking about. But if you'd say, Lord, if it's you, I want this in my life, whether it be anything the Bible says, like, right, yeah. anything, healing, deliverance, salvation, born again, experience, beginning tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge, whatever your, yours is, whatever it is you're asking for. Come with an open heart, open mind and come humbly and say, Lord, I want all that you have for me. And if Jesus, you did this, if you commanded the disciples to do this, if you said I should do this, then I want to learn. I mean, guys, I have 50 hours on my channel of training and teaching for this very reason, because I want to equip the body of Christ for this. But anyways, um, yeah. yeah, so be open, be, have an I, open heart. Take it back to, to the very beginning, the prayer that you prayed. There's two prayers that I want. I want, non I want the non-Christian to pray the prayer that you prayed, which is, God, if you're real, show yeah. me. Right. Which that's a lot of people aren't. It's like the whole like if Christianity was true, would you follow it? Right. That's that's that side of things. Mm -hmm. If you're not a believer, pray that like really pray that. Say, God, if you're real, show me, speak to me, reveal yourself to me. And then if you're sitting here and you, and you feel a way about it, I think the posture of God. I want everything that, that you have for me. And if, and if that looks messy, if that, if it's hard to make sense of it, if, it, if, if I, if I'm scared of, cause I see, see, I was scared of certain gifts initially. I was afraid of certain things. Yeah. And then like something happened 
and I was changed. It was it, this is post salvation, right? So I think coming with that humility and saying, God, whatever it is you have, I want I want it all. I want the fullness of 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 what you have. I want to flourish. I want to live a supernatural life. And then however the chips fall, that's how the chips fall. You know, however whatever you get, whatever you don't get, I think that's the posture. And I think so many of us are so many that don't follow Jesus go ah I don't know, but they don't ever say God if you're real reveal yourself to me. And the Christians that are that are here that have been here for a while, they don't say God I want it all. I want everything you have for me. I want the life you have for me. I'm willing to surrender, to die to myself, uh, to, to surrender to Jesus, to pick up my cross, follow you. And w- whatever that looks like, I'm in. I think that yeah. should be the posture that we walk away from this stream. So Isaiah, thank yeah. you so much, man. This Thanks was for having I'm going to chop bro. this up into uh, smaller pieces. Um, you're cool, in California, man. so we got to get together at some point. I know yeah, you're, dude. Uh, you're busy, but well, you're just uh, what, a couple hours away, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Area? I'm probably I'm in Central California, Stockton, Modesto, Tracy area, so I'm probably like four or five hours away. But I plan to do some stuff out there in um, like San Bernardino and a couple other places. So uh, yeah, maybe I'm in we San can get Diego, So we got to we got to okay. get together, have some have, have yeah. some good. Yeah. How far are you from Arizona? Because I go to Arizona pretty often. About five hours. Arizona. Five hours. Okay. Five, six hours. Yeah, man. But guys, thank you so much. Make sure you're subscribed to Isaiah's channel. Check him out. And really like like go and listen to his exegesis. Go listen to his Bible studies. Like go, go, go examine it and say, is this what scripture is saying? Uh and, and is it making sense? And at the very least, if I disagree, can I still be charitable and see him as a brother and pray and and and, and bless his ministry? That will be my heart for everybody here. So Isaiah, thank you so much. Awesome. Um, appreciate Thanks, you. This was awesome, man. Guys, hope awesome you enjoyed time. it. Give this video a like, and we'll see you next time. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode Shout out to you probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show and I'm going to keep it that way. But what you can do to keep it sponsor free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me. Best way to hop into a group Zoom call. And the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.